Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly, and you are listening to the Stardom Cast. This is Jesse from Club Venus from Stardom, and you're watching Stardom Cast. And welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring Stardom. I'm your host, Rob Goodwin. And I'm joined, as ever, by Mr. Matt Turner. Matt Turner, how are you? Rob Goodwin, I am fantastic. And I just want to do a quick apology to our Patreon members as this episode's coming out a few hours later than normal. Um, my work schedule cut into our recording schedule. And I'm not going to lie, Rob, I told my billion-dollar company that I work for, I said, look, brother, that does not work for me. <laughs> I pulled the whole Kogan. I said, do you not understand that I cannot do this? That is the time that I record my podcast. And uh, they, they said, oh, uh, who do you record your podcast with? And I said, well, good, sir. I record my podcast with the author of the book, <laughs> Living the Dream, Sodom's 10th anniversary, in review, Mr. Rob Goodwin. But uh, – all joking aside, again, uh, apologies, and I appreciate the uh, the I appreciate the fantastic Patreon members. As I know, this will be dropping a little bit later than normal. But brother, I am fantastic. This past weekend, I wrestled at a another comic book in, uh, convention, and I was very humbled that I wrestled in front of maybe fifteen people. So, but I'm doing well, brother. I'm doing well. <laughs> I must admit, from the photos that you posted on social media, mm-hmm. it it didn't look like a cell. I didn't. <laughs> it didn't quite look like a fifteen people venue, but it did. It didn't look like a cell. You and Andy Header, though, you looked like you were having the time of your life <laughs> as always. Yeah, the I'll give you the little insider information as I always do. So the uh, this place, the resort at the Comic Con was being taken place that was about a half an hour away from my house. So I get to the resort, and there's all sorts of different places to go. It took me about an hour and a half to figure out what I needed to do and where I needed to go once I got in to the place. So three times as much once I got into the resort <laughs> as it is for me to go to my house, the actual place. 
It's like, no, you have to go here. No, you got to get your badge to get into the con, even though it wasn't part of the con. And then we're looking for all these signs that like, okay, this is one part of the con, but where's the wrestling? So finally, just between me and Lily and, and calling back and forth with Andy Hedder, we kind of figured it all out. And they're like, where's the wrestling? We just happened to bump into one of the other fellow wrestlers. It was like, yeah, you got to go up that stairs, make a left, and you have to go through the two restaurants. Now, Rob, one thing if you got to go through these two restaurants to go to the back room for the wrestling, if these restaurants were open and there was actually people there, that I can use my phenomenal sales ability to take the people maybe away from their dinner to come and see the wrestling. Turns out it wasn't on the promotion's fault at all. Turns out the con really wanted the wrestling. Now, this is the same wrestling company that when they do the uh, annual comic book convention shows that they draw well over 600 people. This comic book convention was like, yes, we want you guys at the convention. However, the owners of the resort wanted nothing to do with wrestling whatsoever to the point where they were trying to cancel them last minute. They tried to up the insurance, tell them they weren't going to have a doctor, but the company you know, outsmarted them, had their own doctor. To the point when I got there, they were putting chairs, you know, as you would, Rob, you've, been, you've seen a wrestling show or two in your day. Uh, they were putting chairs up into the venue, and then the uh, people that ran the venue were like, no, 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 no chairs, standing room only, because there's going to be about 500 people here. And I'm like, there's no way there's going to be 500 people here. Abs- I'm like, I'll be shocked if there was 50. And uh, yeah, there was about 15. Now, luckily for me, it was myself and Andy and a tag team wrestling uh the diamond city war machines two of our very very good friends uh bruno and eric and like i always say on this podcast you hit your friends harder than you normally would hit somebody else obviously we didn't go out there and kill each other but i'll say this rob and you know for only 15 people we had that place rocking and it was nice that after our match every single one of the boys came up to each and every one individually and said how much they enjoyed their match so we turned a negative into a positive all in all rob goodwin a fun time was had by all. Andy Hedder and myself won the uh, the tag team trophies as that as you saw from that picture. But by no means a sold out venue, but we had a good time. Yes, and congratulations mm-hmm. on those trophies. I imagine they are up there in prestige with the likes of the World Tag League and, of course, the currently uh, the currently going goddess of Stardom Tag League. Um, what have these trophies got names, or are they just? comic-con tag league trophies or tag team match trophies it wasn't even a league they were actually the uh the tag team trophies that andy and i were supposed to win last year in the tournament but that's the uh, show that i hurt my foot and i was like no 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 i can go i can go two more matches not a problem i'll just sell and hot tag the header and they were like absolutely not we're just going to change everything around you're done like the owner of the promotion and the uh doctor was like <laughs> absolutely not like no no no, i'm fine so this was like kind of their make do of what happened last year and uh and again brad about uh, bruno and eric were very more than gracious to be like if it wasn't you guys just because they had the same problems that that we did about an hour and change to find out where they needed to go like if it wasn't we weren't wrestling you guys we would have literally just put the trophies on a table somewhere called the promoter and like pick them up and you give them to who you need to give to so they were more than gracious to be like yeah these are supposed to be years a year ago so uh yeah that was it it was the uh the 2022 uh the 2022 uh uh, ta- basically the tag league so we won that we would have won the tag league the same year as a seven up so i guess this is my formal challenge rob goodwin <laughs> to uh me and andy challenging uh you not you you and then they takahashi which is i guess maybe we'll get into when we talk about what's going on on patreon for next month so i mean it's a possibility <laughs> i mean absolutely i hope you realize though in your challenge to seven up there are a couple of caveats that must come with that challenge (laughs) the first is that no matter what you throw at you 
she is not selling. Like you can hit her with a <laughs> she you can hit that woman with a bus. She is not going to sell. So that's that's straight that's something that is very much written into the match contract. And something else as well is that yes, they have no issue losing to you, but they will only lose via really, really convoluted count out. So those are basically your options, brother. Either get buried or win via countout. I hope those are those are okay terms. I wouldn't have it any other way than defeat the former goddess of stardom champions via countout, which is the best way to win a match. <laughs> oh, God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, obviously, uh, the last time we spoke to you, um, I announced that I was going to be uh, I was going to go to my first wrestling school class um, as held by uh, Flash Morgan Webster, formerly of NXT UK. And I believe the one of the current Impact Tag Team Champions. They may have dropped them at Bound for Glory. I don't know. Um, but they definitely have been, him and Mark Andrews, have definitely have been the Impact Tag Champs. Um, TNA, as they are soon to become, as we found out uh, the other week. Um, but unfortunately, to the surprise of no one, I messed it up. So I thought to myself, you know, looked to myself in the mirror, and that's never a good start, Matt. Um, it's never a good start to look at yourself in the mirror because then you realize that you look like a bin bag full of salad. So I was like, okay, right, I'll go for a run, just test out everything, make sure that I'm not going to die. Went for a run, sure enough, it was a great run, Matt, fantastic run, lovely day. I thought, you know what, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to have a lovely run. So um, 6K went by, 7K went by. I was like, yeah, I'm I'm feeling good. Should probably turn around though. Um, you know, start heading back. So heading back, I'm on that final, that final straight. Um, on the way to my house, it's flat as well, deceptively flat. Some would argue, and sure enough, my calf went. I was like, uh, oh, I do not believe this. And it started as just a little bit of cramp. And I think, stupid as it sounds, I'd trod on either a stone or a, like some sort of stick. And because my foot hadn't landed flat, I got a shooting pain on my calf. And I was like, ah, it's only cramp. I'll run it out. Which didn't help and certainly did not work. Um, and the closer I got to my house, the more I realized that I wasn't putting any weight on my right leg. And I was all, oh, God, I've balls this, haven't I? I've balls this. I stopped, stretched it out. And within 20 minutes, I was in absolute agony. So, uh, yeah, sure enough, I was like, do you know what? I'm probably not going to go to wrestling. And I saw Kirsty's face just light up. I was like, what's up? She was like, oh, thank God. So what do you mean? You said you were okay with it. She was like, yeah, I was okay with it when you were going. Or I wanted to pretend that I was. I was afraid you were going to die. Now, Matt, I am a clumsy person. I'm sure I wouldn't have died at that first class. No, Flash Morgan Webster, who is a world-class athlete, would not have allowed that to happen. Um, yeah, there's no way. that They, they, they monitor things. I mean, they, they, you wouldn't have died. You wouldn't have died, <laughs> sir. So you tell, you tell Carsey there was 
Now, again, there's no guarantees in life, but I will say that 99.9992345% chance you would have survived, my friend. Just about. Just about survived. That'll do. That'll do. I'll, t- I'll take that. Just, ab- <laughs> just about made it through. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so, unfortunately, I am on the shelf for a while. Um, I'm not getting any younger, so uh, whether that is the end of the very, very brief wrestling dream or not, we will find out. But speaking of dreams matt speaking of wrestling dreams i suppose we should probably start talking about some stardom so before we kick into the news and the lovely discourse whenever the pwi 250 comes out um what is coming up on our patreon this week on the patreon folks uh just a little bit of an update little programming note last week we were supposed to record with the one and only Alice in Danger for our roundtable discussion, which was going to be top five uh, all-time favorite female matches from myself, Allison, and one Rob Goodwin. Allison, however, uh, not only did she get sick, but her entire house is sick. There's danger in the danger house. See what I did there? So uh, Allison came down with uh, laryngitis. And us wrestlers, you know, sometimes we're like, hey, you work through the injury. However, when you're talking and you can't talk, that's an injury you cannot avoid. So my immediate thought was, okay, I'll just have Allison just write in her top five uh, favorite female matches, and Rob and I will just do, we'll do our five and intertwine Allison's in. And then after I thought about for like 10, 15 minutes of that, no, we're not going to do that because Allison, she was very, she's very adamant. She wants to come back on the show to do this podcast. Said she was very excited to, uh, to come back on, talk about this topic. So I didn't want to do that to her. Also, I did not want to do it to the fantastic listeners of the Stardom Cast Extra, the Patreon, as everybody loves having Allison on. And selfishly for myself and Rob, we would want her on the show. So I know that is that was supposed to be scheduled for an October episode. We're going to uh, – I'm going to touch base with Allison this weekend to see when she can come on. That episode will not air until November. However, you are going to get the uh, the what are the roundtable discussion uh, in November that we had scheduled, which I will talk about in a moment. So I just want to let everybody know that, yes, the Allison Danger episode is coming, but it's going to be instead of the month of October, the month of November, which is crazy because we're less than a week away into the month of November. So uh, to close out the month of October, Rob Goodwin, we have not one but two alternate commentaries this past week we released the alternate commentary of julia defending the wonder of stardom championship against one starlight kid from cork and hall and then coming up next week for our alternate commentary we the finals a little bonus episode uh, for myself and rob goodwin the finals of the 2023 five-star grand prix suzu suzuki versus micah also on your patreon feeds by the end of the month i believe sunday or monday this will drop will be my uh, review of tam nakano's 2021 five-star grand prix and uh thanks to everybody who voted for that because there were some matches that i've never seen uh in that run uh her and azumi and then there's some matches i haven't seen in a while that just you know completely i completely forgot how great you know tam's run was in the five-star grand prix two years ago matches with uh utami matches with sherry and that match with takumi aroha uh, as well and what i did too rob since every single one of these matches took place in 2021 what i did is i watched all the matches gave my star rating and then went back into your book living the dream starting 10th anniversary <laughs> in review and then gave your uh star rating and Every single one of the matches, we were either spot on or a quarter of a star off, except for one match, um, which one I'm sure you have not seen this match in probably the better part of two years was Tam and Izumi. I had it four and a half stars and you had it three and a half stars. So um, when that episode does drop, I did mention at the very end, if uh, people would like to comment on what your star rating is 
on Tam versus Zumi, just to kind of get an idea of who was closer. But as always, my friend, there is no wrong answer. So, folks, that is everything that is going to close out the month of October. And we may as well, since we're talking about Patreon, Rob, should we talk about what we're going to give our fantastic listeners of the Stardom Cast Extra? Should we talk about uh, what's coming up for the month of November, sir? I think it's only right, Matt. I think it's only fair. Well, then let's do it. Folks, the voting poll is still open. You can vote for the bi-weekly podcast. And don't forget the top two get picked. What review you would like me to do? We are in the midst of Goddess of Stardom Tag League. So you can pick FWC Hazuki and Koguma's win in the 2021 uh, Tag League. You can pick Meltier's 2022 Tag Run, even though they did not win. In my opinion, they won our hearts and they won on points. Uh, you can also pick the 2019 run of one Arisa Hoshinki in her uh, final uh, five-star Grand Prix. And speaking of 2019, uh, show review. I have not done one of those solo before. So on the Patreon, uh, show review of the 2019 uh, year-end climax that has that fantastic star-making performance between Hana, Kimura, and Julia. So folks, those are your picks. Once again, the 2022 uh goddess of stardom tag league run from meltier the 2021 fwc goddess of stardom tag league run the 2019 five-star grand prix run run from Arisa shinky and the 2019 show review of year-end climax top two get picked you can either email me you can if you want to do the poll you can just log on to the uh, twitter or the x or whatever it's called and just vote right on uh, the pinned tweet that i have on the top of my profile or you can just, you know, send me an email, send me a message at which one you want. So that's what we're doing for the uh, bi-weekly podcast. Now, for the alternate commentary, the theme this month for the month of November is Instant Classic. So what I asked Rob to do is pick two matches from uh, April 1st, 2023, up until very current day stardom. So, Rob, do you have your two matches that we're going to do for our alternate commentaries, sir? Um, and I am in no way stalling for time here. I do have one. Um, do you want me to? You want me to go? <laughs> I I would love you to go first so that I can scrabble wildly for another match. Yes, that would be great. And that means I don't have to do an alternate one. You gotta let Rob go first because I have like seven or eight of them in my head. So, um, we're going to be doing from a night one of the five star Grand Prix this past year. My favorite match from the tournament. Suzu Suzuki versus Shiri. So the winner of the 2021 five-star Grand Prix and the winner of this year's five-star Grand Prix. And not only my favorite five-star match from this past year, but one that might sneak up into the top five or six of the all-timers. Also, the match that we're going to do, Rob, is the match that once the bell rang, once the three-count hit, it was a match that everybody got on the same time. It was the match that made air clearer to breathe, made water more delicious to taste. We all walked the Tam Road and got on Tam time as we were going to the biggest show in stardom history, one of the greatest wrestling shows start to finish that I have ever seen, and I'm sure you as well. All-Star Grand Queendom as Tam Nakano challenges Julia for the World of Stardom Championship. <laughs> It makes water more beautiful. I mean, wow. What what a way you have with words, sir. Um, salesman, brother. I am a salesman, and I can, sell, yeah, I can sell stardom and tam to anybody, brother. I mean, you sold it to me, and I do a podcast with you. Um, 
So, um, my the one that I had already in my head was um, simply because this might be one of Matt's favourite matches of the last couple of months. Um, I know how much he loved this match. So we are going to go back not so long ago at all. Uh, in fact, just 15 days at the time of recording, we're going to go to Aichi Prefectural Gymnasium and we are going to watch from Stardom Nagoya Golden Fight. We're going to watch Mirai versus Momo Watanabe for the wonder of Stardom Championship. And then on top of that, from All-Star Grand Queendom, not... Tam versus Julia. We're not going to see. We're not going to see. <laughs> Stop load the same episode twice. We had a week off. Um, no, we're not. We are going to see what happens when a bona fide dream match falls into our laps. Yes, we are going to be watching Mayu Iwatani taking on the blueprint herself, Mercedes Monet. So they're my two picks Mirai versus Momo. And Mayu Iwatani versus Mercedes Monet. A lot of M's, buddy. Mayu, Mercedes, Monet, Momo, Mirai. Mmm, delicious <laughs> matches, brother. Speaking of delicious, uh, why don't you tell the uh, our fantastic friends and family, the Stardom cast, what the bonus non-Stardom alternate, not alternate commentary, because uh, we're going to be having some beers during this one. This is uh, what we now have entitled our watch along because i'm excited for this one yeah we we quickly realized that for the vast majority of the uh, all japan um no all japan women it started off as all japan and all japan women and then we've just sort of branched out to use this as an excuse to watch other promotions as well as stardom um and we realized that basically we just wanted to watch them so we're watching them with you we won't be doing sort of alternate commentaries we're branding them more sort of as watch along so if you fancy just whacking it on listening to two lads laughing their heads off um then feel free uh feel free if you don't know what sort of thing we're talking about go back and listen to our akira hokuto versus Shin, uh, shinobu kandori um watch along because that's all the idea matt drinking beer and just laughing at the brutality um that's pretty much what it is so uh we will be doing that this time this week or this month should i say we are taking our first foray into pro wrestling Noah, um i was initially and i said this on um on the alternate commentary um, that I was originally going to go for Masawa versus Kobashi from uh, the 1st of March 2003, you know, the match. But I was like, nah, we'll keep that in the back pocket. We'll keep that in the back pocket. So instead, we're going to watch one of the most hard-hitting matches uh, in Noah's back catalogue, quite literally. Um, we're going to be watching uh, Kensuke Kobashi versus Kensuke Sasaki from Noah's second and final. As Oh, no, not on final because they did um, Keiji Muto's show. Yeah. Um, or it was for a long time, their final um, <laughs> show in the Tokyo Dome, Destiny 2005, uh, Kensuke Sasaki versus Kenta Kabashi. The chop-off to end all chop-offs. 187, apparently, are thrown in one particular exchange. So I am looking forward to watching that with you, sir. Yeah, we go from Akira Hokuto to her husband, and I'm not sure which match is more brutal, uh, but both great, both, in my opinion, uh, five-star matches, the one we watched in October and the one that we're going to watch coming up in the next few weeks. Um, The What If episode, Mr. Rob Goodwin, will be, what if myself and Andy Hatter, Team Blue and Gold, were inserted into the current roster of stardom? 
Um, so we're basically there's going to be three. There's going to be three of us. This is not the roundtable discussion. This is it's it's I guess it's going to be a roundtable discussion of booking. So there'll be three of us on the what if episode. Uh, myself, obviously Rob Goodwin, and then my good friend, my tag partner, uh, one Andy Hedder from Team Blue and Gold, who just got into stardom a handful of months ago. So we are going to all three of us book ourselves in current day stardom. And Rob, I don't know where I'm starting. I don't know where where, where it's going to go in the middle, but I know what I'm doing for the grand finale, and it might be the one of the most bizarre things I've ever said in my 41 years on this planet. And I cannot wait to watch your and Andy's head explode when I give you guys the final thing that is happening for when uh, Team Blue and Gold make their foray into current day stardom, sir. Also, uh, the roundtable discussion again. You, uh, we will be getting the. Um, Alice in Danger episode that'll be up sometime in November. But the one that we have booked, the one and only, the Io Shirai to our freedom. One was Karen Peterson is coming back to the show, and we'll be doing a roundtable discussion. So I told her you have free reign to pick whatever you want, and she wants to do a retrospective on Julia's career. So I was like, yes, absolutely, that one will be fun. So uh, another loaded month coming up on the Stardom Cast Extra, Rob Goodwin. I am incredibly excited for next month, uh, an incredibly busy month. But when is it not a busy month on the Stardom cast? Um, let's sort of kick into some news, sort of look at the current state of Stardom. And Jesus, more things have happened because, of course, they have. So first things first, we have another, um, not an injury, it's an illness. Um, unfortunately, Lady C has come down with a high fever um, and ended up in hospital where she she was diagnosed with influenza type A. Um, she is, according to Twitter, on the way to recovery, on the road to recovery. However, she is not going to be on the shows from the 28th onwards. So I think she's I think she's cited a week um, that she's not going to be able to wrestle. It does mean that the Tokyo Towers, her and Amisori, have got to forfeit their match against O2 line, I think. I think it's uh, that match was in that sort of block of shows. I believe they will probably have to forfeit it. If not, because at the moment, <laughs> because of Tam's injury, um, there aren't a huge amount of shows that have got the cards announced, presumably because they're waiting to see if Tam is going to be fit enough to wrestle um, before Gold Rush. But yes, obviously, we uh, we hope that uh, Lady C is quick to recover. Hopefully it's uh, it's nothing too serious because at the moment this leaves the leader of Queen's Quest as Mio Amasaki, Matt. Damn right. Damn right. Bow <laughs> down to the... Well, not only the leader, but the only person there, you know, because I think Hina's back in school. They might have to pull her out of school, but like, look, here's the deal. Queen's Quest, they're the <laughs> top of the thing. You know, we'll talk about school later. You know, she needs to pull what I what I tried to pull the other day. This does not work for me, brother. You know what I mean? Stardom comes first before everything. So, yeah, me, you uh, legitimately carrying the flag for Queen's Quest this weekend. And again, we talk about her improvement all the time. And, um, yeah, we talked about, I think, last week about how just taped up her neck and back is. So she's clearly not working at 100% either, but uh, is literally carrying the entire Queen's Quest faction on her back. And we wish a speedy recovery to uh, Lady C, to Azumi, to uh, Tommy, Sayakamatani, and half the other roster of Sardom wrestlers that are injured. Uh, we know that they're all going to come back and be better than ever. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was quite startling watching the Corican show when you think who wasn't on that card. Um, and we'll go through it 
in a little bit. Um, obviously, we're going to be talking about that show today. But you watched that and it was like, oh, my God. Like, there is just no one. <laughs> there was no Utami. There was no Saya. We'll we'll go through it in a moment. Um, obviously, we mentioned last week that the PWI's women's 250 was due to drop. Um, and it dropped, I believe, about an hour after we finished recording. Um, and as usual, there was a lovely little bit of discourse around it. People agreeing, people disagreeing. It's my favourite time of the year on Twitter is when PWI comes out simply because some of the things that come out of people's uh, come out of people's mouths are quite outrageous. Um, uh, the top ten was um, was announced, and then people have gone through and sort of cherry picked who fits where um, in terms of other promotions. Sky Wrestling, big shout out to Scott, who was also mentioned on the My World podcast with Jeff Jarrett. So uh, big up, Scott. Um, He's gone through and picked out where everyone in stardom finished. So bearing in mind that there are 250 women's wrestlers, this is where the stardom roster placed. Now, see if you can hear who is missing from this list. Number two was Julia. Number five, Tam Nakano. I will go through, by the way, um, the actual top ten as well in a moment, but obviously this is a stardom podcast. We want to focus where stardom wrestlers finished. Sayakamatani finished 20th. Mayu Iwatani, 30th. Suzu Suzuki finished 31st. Suri, 37th. Utami, 40th. Mirai, 43rd. Azumi, 47th. Mina Shirakawa, 51st. Big jump for Mina. Uh, 71st, Mika, 73. Saki Kashima, huge drop down for Starlight kid at 76th bearing in mind she was in the top 10 last year uh, 95 mariah may huge year for mariah may really really impressive 109th amisori uh 127th natsuka tora uh, 133 momo watanabe 143rd natsupoi 155th is tekla 226th may sakurai 233rd koguma and 239th of the 250 is Sukiyama. Now, I'm sure that everyone is going, where, where the hell is Fukikin Death? And obviously, I feel the exact same way, people. I feel like she was robbed. I feel like this was her year to top this. But no, robbed by filthy, stinking bureaucracy. Um, no, no, no. Of course, Hazuki is missing. Um, it was the person that everyone sort of went, how has Hazuki not made the 250? Now, I do just want to quickly remind everyone of the criteria because something that people seem to suitably forget whenever we talk about whether it's the PWI 500 or whether it's the 200, whether it's the tag teams, people forget there is A, an evaluation period, and B, criteria that the judges go by. So let me just remind people of this. So the evaluation period was September 16th, 2022 to September 30th, 2023. Now, that's really important when you consider the top 10. And I'll go through that top 10 once we've discussed stardom. The primary criteria, this is what the judges go by. So in-ring achievements, so your win-loss records, your championships, your tournaments won. The influence, visibility, that's a huge, huge word there, prestige within a promotion and or the industry, 
technical ability speaks for itself. Competition, success against the most varied and highest quality opponents. And the activity, minimum 10 singles matches total or barring this, six such matches in separate months. Um, and it is worth noting that friend of the show, Karen Peterson, is on the ranking committee. So uh, lovely to see her name on uh, in print. So first things first, Matt. Um, do you agree with the rest of the stardom rankings? Of course, two stardom wrestlers reaching the top five, Julia Tam Nakano. Um, do you think Azuki was a legitimate miss? Do you think they just forgot, like with Tetsuya Naito? Or do you think she has been purposefully left out of the 250? Do you not think that she has done enough to be classed as one of the top 250. What what are your opinions on this, Matt? Rob, I heard a rumor, it's only a rumor, so don't quote it, that uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated are, is paying for expensive dinners for Naito and Hazuki for a million dollars. I mean, you just read off the criteria. Hazuki had a phenomenal run in the five-star Grand Prix, was literally one win away of making it to the final. She had a great uh, tag run that entire evaluation period with Kagama. Um not only that, you talked about visibility. She was on a New Japan show against Mercedes Monet and with Uzumi and stole the show. So how much more visibility do you need? She had one of the greatest matches of the year in any company at the beginning part of the year with Saya Kamatani for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. So my thing is they made an oops. They made a mistake. How Azuki didn't make the top 50 or 60, let alone the top 250. Same reason why it's how come Naito didn't make the top 30 or 40, let alone make it. They made a mistake. They missed Hazuki. Mistakes do happen. But I think considering the fact that you have Hazuki and Naito, who had phenomenal years in 2022 and 2023 for this evaluation period, the fact that they were missed on these on the list here is something that I think that's, uh, you know, they can't, they can't go back and change time. You know, they can't. It's something that they, okay, we made a mistake. How do we go back and correct it? So fantastic wrestlers who go out there and give 110%, like a Naito, like a Hazuki. Um, and, and we all know, we say it all the time, every week on this podcast, there is no holding back for Hazuki. doesn't matter if it's a pay-per-view, a cork, and a show in front of 250 people. She always gives it 110%. So the, for, for the fact her not being on this list, it's got to be a mistake. It's got to just be like they, maybe they got lost in the shuffle. It was a late night. They had to get the list up. I don't know what, but Hazuki obviously deserves to be, uh, like I said, in the top 50, let alone top 250. As far as the list goes, the top 10, Rob, we did make mention right before we were coming off air. We figured Rhea Ripley would be number one based on, you know, you win the Royal Rumble, you win a championship match at WrestleMania. They usually slots you in the number one position, not only for the women, but we've seen it over the last, you know, 30 years. For the men, again, it's it's the the bigger companies, you're going to have more people on it. So the top 10, I really don't have a problem with, except for one little thing. Uh, and again, maybe it's my uh, my Queen's Quest bias. I don't know how Sai Kamatani didn't make the top 10, um, considering the fact of how good of a year she had. Last year, I believe she was seventh. Um, how good of a year she had, continuing that fantastic run with the World Wonder of Stardom Championship. And not only that, again, Tagli, Aaron Utami made it to the finals. In my opinion, Aphrodite were the MVPs of the tag league. So not only did she do it as a singles competitor, but a tag competitor. And to me, I think Sai Kamatani could have been in the top 10. Uh, do you agree or disagree with anything I just said about one Hazuki and one Sai Kamatani rap? 
Hazuki, I feel like, was just missed off. I feel like it was a mistake. Again, if you go back to that criteria, um, in-ring achievement, win-loss records, championships, tournaments won. Didn't win any championships, didn't win any tournaments. But you look at the other names on that, you know, the not everyone won tournaments, not everyone won championships. Um, uh, competition, success against the most... Uh, varied and high quality opponents well for a start she beat julia in the five star who was number two so that's a fairly big opponent minimum 10 singles well she had more than that in the five star um she had fantastic championship matches they're, they're probably not going to class the tag league in this because it does say singles so the chances are the aphrodite run for sayakamatani and the fwc run for Hazuki aren't going to count here. And obviously, I know the FWC placed very highly when PWI did their tag team, um, their tag team list. So I do think that Saya could have been higher. Poet and I didn't even know it. Um, I think Hazuki, you know, <laughs> Hazuki has got to be on this list. Um, whether she'd have been higher than maybe a hundredth I, I don't know again if you look at where those stardom wrestlers placed i would argue that she should be higher than natsukatora um who was 127th if you look at amisori amisori has at least held the future of stardom championship so you can source she also had a match for the white belt same as hazuki so i would say that hazuki should be somewhere between amisori and natsukatora i feel like that is where she should have slotted in in terms of sayakamitani she finished 20th she's still in the top 20 women um and don't forget of course that she had that injury right at the start of the five star so hasn't wrestled since maybe that is why she has dropped down a couple of rungs that's perhaps what it is um if i look at uh janet yeah look at jamie Hader finished number four she was injured for uh, at least a quarter of the evaluation that is true that is very very true um again whether it's exposure or not i don't know obviously yes jamie Hader was injured for a quarter of this but mm. she was also the women's champion in one of the most viewed companies in the world so you know it's a very different exposure than the kind of exposure that Saya would get. Had Saya wrestled on two, three, four New Japan shows, we might be having a different conversation. But I don't think Saya cracked the top 10 this year. I think I think she should be higher, maybe 15th, maybe even 12th. But I don't think she cracks the top 10. And if we go through those people who were in the top 10. For those who haven't um, heard the top 10 in its full, number one was, of course, Rhea Ripley, WWE. Julia was second. Bianca Belair was third. Jamie Hayter, fourth. Tam Nakano, fifth. Athena, which I'm really happy to see, was in sixth. Diana Perrazzo was in seventh. Willow Nightingale, who's had a fantastic year in eighth. Camille from the NWA, uh, ninth. And Jordan Grace in tenth. Now, the only person that I can think that Sayakamatani could even possibly replace in that top 10 is Jordan Grace and that's just so you know Camille I know that people will say NWA is a it's a dead promotion um it's sort of it's on the up certainly but whether it's considered a you know 
well, it's nowhere near as big as it was. Camille was still champion for 800 days. That's an extraordinary amount of time to hold the belt. And she did plough through a lot of people. So that's going to count. I think Athena should have been higher, if I'm perfectly honest. I think the work Athena has done has been brilliant. Um, her work on Ring of Honor television, her work when she was on AEW was really, really good. I think she should, could have potentially been higher. I understand why people are... I don't know, a little bit surprised that Jamie Hayes is as high as she is because of the injury. But again, like I said, she was the women's champion of the second biggest company in America. You know, she had TV time every single week until the injury. Because when did she get injured? Was it on Revolution? Or was it Double or Nothing? I think it was right before, yeah, I think right before Revolution because she had to drop the belt to Tony Storm in like a three-minute match. I know a lot of people. I think it was just a culmination of injuries. It was her shoulder was, you know, very well taped up. I think it was a culmination of injuries to a point where it's like she can't go any further. And it was they had that match booked with Tony Storm like two, three weeks out. I'm like, oh, that might steal the show. And I think they did a like an Oedo Tai style jump, and then uh, like Tony beat her in like three minutes. I'm like, I, I, you understand, you know, she's injured. You don't want to injure her anymore. So yeah, I think it was before Double or Nothing, which is the Memorial Day show. So yeah, it's been. Uh, I, I believe that's when it was, Rob. Yeah, Bianca Belair, of course, had a phenomenal run. You know, I think 400 days she held the Raw Women's Championship. Um, literally beat everybody on the roster. So I don't have an issue with her being third. You know, I don't think she dropped the belt till SummerSlam. Um, and it was I know- the one, the one, it was no, it was the one before. It was um, like Crown Jewel. It was one, one of the ones they did like overseas. Uh, was it? I thought it was the SummerSlam. Was she got the belt back for a hot second? Ah, uh, yes. In. Yes, of course. That's what I was thinking of. It was EO pinning Bianca. That's why I got it in my head. Um, but even so, that's you know a huge run with the belt for Bianca. Um, Diana Perazzo, phenomenal, excellent wrestler, has been one of the crown jewels in Impact Knockouts division for a good handful of years now. Same with Jordan Grace. Um, both women are extraordinarily talented. Um, Willow Nightingale's had a breakout year. You know, she's always been great, but it feels like she's taking it to another level this year. Had really good match with Mercedes Monet before the ankle injury. Um, had a really good match with Julia as well in Caracan Hall. So, you know, and now she's doing great work on AEW as well. Though I'm not entirely sure about the uh, decision to perhaps turn a heel. I feel like that's uh, counterproductive. But that's by the by. Overall, I think it's... In in terms of a top 10, I feel like it's as inarguable as they were going to get. I'd say that every woman in that top 10 deserves to be in the top 10. Whether the positioning is right is another thing, but I think everybody who's in that top 10 deserves to be in the top 10, Matt. Yeah, uh, again, I totally agree. I would have just, you know, maybe had Sai Kamatani a little bit higher, but some of the points you made were pretty valid. Now, folks, if you were like a lot of the people that uh, Rob and I saw on social media when this thing was announced. Oh, my God. Did not, did not agree <laughs> with it all. And you're like, Rob and Matt are so positive even about this. I can't stand it anymore. When you get done listening to this podcast, by all means, listen to Jim Cornette's 
uh, <laughs> views on the PW because I listened to him about an hour before we recorded. And uh, obviously, Jim Cornette is he's not, uh, uh, he doesn't understand Joshi wrestling. And Jim Cornette's Jim Cornette. I think he's great. But his co host was running through the list and they said, Julia number two. He was like, no one knows who she is. And then when you were running through the top 10 of the list, the fact that like he's like where's charlotte flair where's this like it was all wwe people because they're on the biggest program he's like, i don't understand that i don't understand that then he goes 250 people they have to be making up names and i'll end the jim Cornette ran on this because <laughs> we were just talking about Sai Kamatani. rob i don't need to tell you how much i love Sai Kamatani. when his co-host goes number whatever Sai Kamatani, Cornette cuts him off he goes okay now they're just making up names that's not a real name and i, I was like oh my what? god are you kidding me <laughs> yeah poor Sai Kamatani right supposedly was supposed to win the five-star grand prix hopefully we'll still have a big match at the end of the year but now jim Cornette, who love him or hate him he's one of the smartest people in the history of wrestling said saya kamatani now you're just making up names Saya. <laughs> i mean to be fair well played for sitting through jim Cornette podcast because that thing I is like jim, i love it. it it was just the clip i was just going through youtube and it was just like the four minute clip and i was like oh rob and i are going to record it about a half an hour i know we're going to talk about it so let's see what uncle jim has to say about the women's 250 and boy i tell you what it was entertaining nowhere near as positive as our take folks unbelievable i'm sure everybody <laughs> has difficulty believing that <laughs> Um, so, just a couple of other things. Um, Stardom forayed for the first time into other places in Asia for the first time, I believe, since 2017 um, with Mina Shirakawa, Yuna Mizumori, Suri, and um, Wakasukiyama going out to do some shows with, I believe the promotion is called Step Up in Thailand. Um, so on the 21st and the 22nd, they did two shows um, in Bangkok in Thailand um, at the Imperial World Samrong. Um, and there was a special tournament. So on the first day, um, Suri defeated Waka Tsukiyama and Mina Shirakawa defeated Yuna Mizumori. Um, and then on the second night, on the set the following day, should I say, um, we then had an exhibition from Step. It's not Step Up, it's called Step. Um, with Macha defeating Jenny um, in 8 minutes and 17 seconds. I've heard people say the match is really good. Obviously, I have absolutely. I'm not even going to pretend that I know who they are. I have heard the match is very good, though, so I will go and check it out. And if I'm mispronouncing the name, maybe I'll learn to pronounce it correctly. Um, Waksukiyama and Yuna Mizumori then had an exhibition match, sort of a third place playoff, um, uh, and that ended in a double count out at five minutes and 18 seconds. And then in your special two day tournament final, uh, Suri defeated Mina Shirakawa, uh, submitting her in 10 minutes, 39 seconds with the white tiger from everything I've seen online. Um, the crowds all seem to be really hot. It seemed to be a success for stardom. So that's really, really good news. Matt, have you got anything you want to add to uh, the foray into Thailand? Or shall we talk about some uh, New Japan action? I just real quick, I just want to say the uh, the wrestlers that are not a part of the current stardom roster that were on this show that I've heard and you heard nothing but good things about. Don't be shocked if they come in as new members of Club Venus. 
as if you remember Mina and uh, Waka were doing some scouting and they're both on these shows. So um, there's a reason why they put them on this, you know, special exhibition show with the stardom wrestlers. So I would not be shocked if uh, you see them pop up at the end of the year, beginning next year as members of uh, Mina's club Venus. I think as well, something that I forgot to mention last week, um, sort of, they teased a new sexy dynamite princess. Now I'm not saying that someone from Thailand is going to be sexy dynamite princess. It's just reminded me with you saying new member of club Venus. I think it might be Hannon. And, oh boy. But only on like the sort of like these comedy shows, um, which, you know, this Halloween show, you look at the full card, which we'll be previewing a little bit later on, and you realize this is just stardom in showcase under a different name. Um, but they've got sexy dynamite princess in this zombie battle royal, and Hannon is nowhere on that card yet, and the rest of stars are on the card. So I wonder with the link with Mariah May and Hannon, um, with you know, um, Mina Shirakawa trying to openly recruit. Hannon, maybe it'll be Hannon. Who knows? Um, you guys will. You guys will by the time you hear this, maybe. Um, Fighting Spirit Unleashed um, is going to be taking place this weekend, Saturday, the 28th of October in Las Vegas, Sam's Town. Um, so if you're in the Las Vegas area, go and check out this show. Um, I believe, I think someone posted that there is a free press conference. Uh, before the show so uh, if you're in the area like I say go and check that out um, obviously we are going to be talking about the New Japan Strong Women's Championship which is going to be defended by Julia um, who is the second champion and she is going to be defending for the fifth time against the challenger Hyen. Um so that should be extremely entertaining also on the card I'll just quickly run it down for anyone that uh, is interested um we have got a singles match Matt Vandergriff versus Buck Skyner um we have got Danny Limelight Bruce Isaacs and Joral Nelson taking on Balian Aki Titus Alexander and Jacob Austin Young uh, strong open weight championship number 1 contendership four-way. Uh, of course, a strong openweight championship at the moment held by Eddie Kingston. Satoshi Kojima, Fred Rosser, Alex Coughlin, and Jeff Cobb. Uh, tag team match, we have got Johnny Robbie and Lavia taking on Stephanie Vaca and Zushis or Zukis? Zukshish. Zukshish. Zukis. Something like that. Um, I did realize what I saw of Stephanie Vaca the last time she was on the New Japan Strong Show. Um, and if she's the one to challenge Mayu, I'm very, very happy with that. Uh, singles match, Tom Lawler versus Gabe Kidd. Um, we've then got an Atlantis 40th anniversary match with Atlantis Jr., Mystico, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Atlantis taking on Adrian Quest, Tiger Mask, Sobrano Jr., and Rocky Romero. The aforementioned title match between Julia and Hyen. Strong Openweight Championship tag match, Hikuleo and El Fantasma, the champions taking on Alex Zane and Lance Archer. Eddie Kingston defending the Strong Openweight Championship against Hanare. 
special tag match with the Just Five Guys team of Sonada and Yuya Uemura taking on the Los Ingenobles de Japon team of Tetsuya Naito and Hiromo Takahashi in a Wrestle Kingdom 18 preview match. And then in your main event, Never Open Weight Championship match, Tamatonga defending for the first time against Shingo Takagi. Um, obviously, I know that's a lot of names. It is a very, very long card looking at it. Those first two matches are on the kickoff. First question, Matt, and this is something I always think when I read through these cards. Have you wrestled with any of these people? I have been on a zillion shows with Eddie Kingston. A zillion shows, both coming up. Literally, and I, I, I probably told this story on the podcast when I first started. When uh, we did the IW Mid-South 8th anniversary show, which was headlined with a um, double main event of CM Punk versus AJ Styles and the American Dream Dusty Rhodes teaming with Ian Rotten against Chris Candido and Steve Stone. They did an autograph signing beforehand. So we get there on the autograph signing, and it goes by pecking order. Obviously, Dusty's up first. Punk is on the next table. Samoa Joe, blah, blah, blah. So we were, the 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 students, the younger kids were all the way in the back. So I literally had to share an autograph table with Eddie Kingston, and we just kept talking about how horrible we are uh, and laughing at each other. And uh, now Eddie Kingston's <laughs> on top of the world. Eddie Kingston's on top of the world, and I'm doing a phenomenal podcast with you, Rob Goodwin. So it's amazing. Fast forward 18 years later, where life can take you. Um, but yes, I've been on shows. Let's see, Eddie Kingston. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other rest. Maybe Lance Archer. Uh, maybe coming through some indies here or there. There's 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 certain wrestlers I've done shows with that I forgot. I was on like Adam Cole's like one of his very first wrestling shows in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Didn't know I've been on a ton of shows with uh, uh, Luke Gallows when he was known as Dorian Deville, the Human Cadillac. So there's sometimes that <laughs> I forget who I'm on shows with until some people will, will remind me like, hey, you're on a show with that guy like 15 years ago. But uh, yeah, Eddie Kingston's my guy. I I mean again, I have not seen Eddie or talked to Eddie in a handful of years. But uh, between Chikara and doing the Northeast Indies uh, and doing a bunch of shots for IW Mid-South, I've been on tons of shows with Eddie and have nothing but love and respect. And I'm so happy to see his uh, current success because nobody deserves it more than he does. I agree wholeheartedly. Can... um... (laughs) Can you please just remind me what, what what was Luke Gallo's name? Dorian DeVille, the human Cadillac. <laughs> that is simultaneous <laughs> simultaneously the best name and the worst wrestling name I've ever heard. That oh my god. Oh brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. And considering he hasn't gone by that name and I want to say like fifteen years and I still remember it like it was yesterday. Doesn't how matter. can you forget? Doesn't again, matter. I'm gonna pop again, folks, I'm gonna pop Rob here again. Dorian DeVille, the human <laughs> Cadillac. <laughs> Like, it's bad enough, the Dorian <laughs> DeVille bit. But then... <laughs> you go in, go all in, brother. You may as well keep going at that point, right? <laughs> oh, the human. He has had some terrible gimmicks, hasn't he? Jesus. Oh, anyway. Oh. Um, and then, obviously, we have had it confirmed. I think I mentioned this last week, that at Lone Star Shootout, um, on Friday, November 10th in Garland, Texas, the Curtis Colwell Center, uh, Mayu Iwatani will be defending the IWGP Women's Championship. Now, I've heard rumors, nothing confirmed at all, that it's going to be Stephanie Vaca challenging Mayu. If it is, that is going to be an excellent 
excellent match. Really, really, really looking forward to this. And I hope as well, because obviously the booking of the IWGP Women's Championship is nothing to do with Mayu, obviously. Um, but I hope that she is able to go and defend it in more places um, because, you know, having these matches with the likes of Stephanie Vacker, with a high and with, you know, whoever she is going to go and wrestle, it's going to up the prestige of the belt and it's going to, you know, up the exposure for stardom as well, which is important. Um, also, and just finally to note, um, those people who are in the New Jersey area, the Nick Gage Invitational, the eighth incarnation apparently of this, um, will be airing on Saturday, December 30th um, at the Showboat in Atlantic City. The reason I bring this up is that the first entrant is uh, Risa Sarah from Prominence. So uh, if you fancy going to see Risa Sarah and didn't get to see her in Sukiban or didn't go or didn't get to see her in um Pro Wrestling Kitsune, I believe it was the uh show that was run by the Joshi Pod, which I've heard fantastic reviews of, by the way. Um so huge props going out to the Joshi Pod. A, I've heard he's an absolute like lovely guy b well done for putting on a show like that for your first attempt i i know there was apparently a couple of issues with the feed but jesus don't let that get you down look at the show you put on um i've heard great things about it so uh, if you didn't get to see Risa there and you're up in that area go and see the nick gage invitational on december the 30th uh, it's near you i believe isn't it atlantic city yeah i and that is during my christmas break from work and i have had several people uh, ask me, hey, you know, are you going to go to the show? Are you going to cover it for the Stardom Cast podcast? Uh, normally I would because it's Risa Sarah and she's great. However, deathmatch tournaments, kind of not my thing. I have nothing against it. It's, uh, you know, the I've I wrestled the Necro Butchers, the Madman Pondos, a lot of the deathmatch wrestlers before and been in locker rooms. And deathmatch wrestlers are awesome. Some of the coolest, coolest guys and great storytellers that you ever meet. But uh, not unless it ends in like a like if they do that they build up Risa versus Suzu properly and they do some sort of like barbed wire deathmatch in stardom deathmatch tournaments just kind of not my thing uh unfortunately more than likely I will not be going to this show but yeah Atlantic City is about an hour and 45 minutes away from me but uh yeah if this was just Risa Sarah wrestling on a GCW card because I've been to one GCW show the one that Utami was at and they put on a fantastic show but yes if deathmatch wrestling is your thing I highly, highly recommend you go you go to this. And uh, I'll say this for anybody that's going to that show or that's going to the uh, show in Las Vegas with Julia, and I know we have some of our listeners that are going to the show with Mayu defending the IWGP championship. If you're going to the show, uh, you know, uh, drop us a line. Leave us a little bit of review, your experience, and uh, we'll talk about it on the show, and we will give you a free shout-out on the podcast as well because it always helps us. It's always not nice to get a little, um, you know, behind-the-scenes information absolutely absolutely um let's start talking then about the shows we want to cover today only one date of the five star we will be covering um simply because the show from osaka from the 22nd literally dropped this morning and neither me or matt have had a chance to watch it yet so we will tag that on to uh, pun intended to next week's show so we're just going to be covering the corican 
today. Um, and also what we're going to be covering is uh, the Natsusumere show. And uh, that is where we are going to start. Um, the Natsusumere 10th anniversary produce decade of Queen's 10 years in the wrestling business for Natsu Sumire. This was on the 18th of October from Shinjuku Face in Tokyo, Japan. An attendance of 494 people, so a really healthy attendance for the show. Um, and this had a lot of Stardom wrestlers on it, and it is now um, available to watch on Stardom World if you haven't seen it. So we'll just run through the results. There's only four matches, um, and then obviously we'll talk a little bit about the matches themselves. So we open with a tag team match. FWC, Hazuki and Kagame defeated Itsuki Aoki, I think, and Sakura Hirota in six minutes and seven seconds. We then had the Y-shirt time difference battle royal, and Jesus, are we going to talk about that? Chichi defeated Chan Yota, Mei Sakurai, Minashirakawa, Ram Kaichao, Saki, Saeida, Wakasugiyama, Yako, and Zones in 17 minutes and 28 seconds by last eliminating Wakasugiyama. A really good singles match between Natsukatora versus Veni ended in a double countout in 14 minutes and 28 seconds. And then your main event, a six-woman tag match, Azumi Sakiaki and Takumi Aroha defeated Kaho Kobayashi, Natsu Sumire, and Rina Yamashita in a match that Cage Match has listed as eight minutes and forty seconds. It absolutely bloody wasn't. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> um, I, th- I think it should be eighteen forty. But uh, anyway, this show, Matt. So let's sort of start with. Um... <laughs> so I watched the Y shirt time match first. I don't know why I did this, but I did. And I think it's best summarized as, you know, every person who, when you tell them you like Joshi wrestling, automatically think you're a weirdo. I imagine well, we, this match. Well, we are. Me, me and you are weird. So Absolutely. I mean, not wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. They've got this, they've got this interpretation of why we watch it. I imagine that this match is what they think Joshi is all the time. Just <laughs> just this sexual nonsense. Um, I'll be honest, it wasn't for me, but it was it was a hoot. I did have a little bit of fun with this. And clearly, the wrestlers had an absolute riot with this. Mina Shirakawa was in her element. Mei Sakurai cutting promos in the middle calling someone saying that someone looked like the bulldog that they had at home. It's like, Jesus, May. Um Saki looked like she was having an absolute blast. Um Sayurida forgetting the rules and ripping off her own shirt so that she could have a pose off with zones was quite funny as well. Um basically the rules were it was a battle royal where you could get eliminated by um, having your shirt ripped off because everyone came out in a big white shirt, having your shirt ripped off, being pinned or submitted. And then around the ring, there were the rest of the roster with water pistols to soak you as you went out. Um, we had a dance break where Mina Shirakawa did a sexy dance. Um, we had Ram Kaichao blowing presumably what was white powder and not cocaine into people's faces. <laughs> Um, the final, the final fall came when Wakasuki Armor pinned Ram Kaichao, and as Chi Chi came off, 
the pin, ripped off Wacker's shirt, and that was how the match ended. Um, uh, Natsusume made a brief appearance and then was just knocked straight out again. Um, it was absolute carnage. But, and again, you know, you can't rate this. There's there's no way you can rate this match. It is it is quite fun to watch. Now, Rob, I had no idea who was in this match because if you go to the graphic, it just says Y shirt match. I'm like, okay, we're going to get the equivalent of kind of like a bra and panties match and the kind of the attitude error, you know, ruthless aggression error. So it's like, I had no idea who was going to be in this. Um, now that I think about it, you know who I wish was in this match? The human Cadillac, Dorian <laughs> DeVille. <laughs> So, uh, so Mina, I think Mina's one of the, Mina's one of the, I, I got you on that one, my brother. Oh my God. Um, and I did make mention that, that on, uh, on Twitter or X that they had, this episode was going to be late, but we were going to have fun and damn howdy, are we? Um, okay. So Mina's out first, right? You know, okay. You know, Mina's in her element, Saki, the whole nine. But again, I had no idea who's in this match. And all of a sudden my favorite part of the match happens where Sai is, Sai Ida's music hits, right? And I was like. Oh boy! So she comes to the ring wearing wearing the shirt, but no knee pads, no shoes, no nothing. I'm like, oh man, how awesome would it be if she throws a chop? Not only does she throw a chop, she chops everybody that's in the ring. I was like, okay, like you know, again, I agree with you. This match isn't for me. I understand why they did it. The crowd enjoyed it. Everybody in the match seemed to enjoy. It. Everybody in the outside seemed to enjoy it. It was something different. It's something that Natsu wanted on the card, so it was fun at that point. You know, by all means, give me Eo versus Mayu. By all means, give me Sherry versus Julia, so on and so forth. Um, so that was my favorite part. I also enjoyed that Saki Arme Sakurai came out. Now did she come out? She came out with the giant hat. Oh, my God. So, she came out with the hat and the money. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay. And again, it's just like, I get it. You know, not for me, but I wanted to watch it. I didn't, I didn't rate this match. That's also the first match. And if you if you don't mind, I want to talk about the first match for a moment uh, with the FWC match. Uh, I didn't rate that match either because I thought there was a little bit too much shenanigans. Even to the point when the match got over, I text you and I'm like, man, I just watched this first match. I'm assuming that majority of the show is supposed to be kind of like comedy and ha-ha. But I guess when they did the uh, the meeting before the show... Hazuki wasn't present because the other <laughs> ladies and I forget their name and they were talented. Don't get me wrong, but they were doing ma- majority of the comedy and Akagama was playing in as well. And then Hazuki gets to the ring and was like, nope, guess what? I'm Hazuki. My gimmick is I get to form you in the face. So I thought that was great. But then it went to way too much haha and comedy. But I really enjoyed the fact that like Hazuki wasn't playing into it. Towards the end, she did. But I just loved it how Hazuki just destroyed everybody. So the first two matches, um, just for the sake of being you know, positive and, and understand that everybody's out there going, giving their effort. I did not give a rating to match one or two. See, I quite enjoyed match one. Um, not to the point where, you know, it's going to get five stars or anything, but I thought it was, I thought it was relatively entertaining. I quite enjoyed Sakori Hirota, the, uh, the comedy that she did in certain parts. Um, I'm not entirely sure about the, uh, the hand to the ass move, but there yeah. we are. That's uh <laughs> That is what she does, apparently. And Hazuki sold it like death. It was brilliant the way Hazuki sold it. Um, also, Kogama getting booed. How can you boo Kogama? <laughs> um, yeah, Tora versus Venny was great. It started a little slowly, and then it properly ramped up. Like, it got really, really violent really, really quickly towards the end where I was like, oh, my God, Venny's going, shoot. I thought I thought something a proper like made a snap. It was really well done, um, to the point where I was like, "Oh, 
when they called it a double countout because he spent a lot of time brawling around the crowd before that anyway. But we did see Venny's beautiful moonsault. Um, we did see Tori at one point choking her out with a belt and then just shifting herself every time the referee tried to see what she was doing, which I thought was quite funny. Um, but overall, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this match. I gave it three and a half. Um, I think Venny is extremely talented and I think Tora was the perfect person for her to wrestle here. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I loved it too. I, I thought you had that rating a little low. I actually gave it four and a quarter. I liked it that much. Um, we did, of course, that's a wet tie, Rob. So what, what has to happen? You've got to a wet tie, Matt. Always got to a wet tie. So we had some Ruaka interference. Then Mama Wantanabe just all of a sudden, you know, towards the end of the match, she just shows up and she starts beating up Venny. And Venny's like, well, if you're here, guess what? So Mama Wantanabe, who's not even in the match, she takes a Mijinoku driver on the ramp. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> I was like, is she getting paid at least? Like, is she getting is not so like, hey, I'm gonna have you on the show, I'm gonna pay you because she didn't wrestle and Tora again, Tora's built up great in the tournament. If Momo was there, no disrespect to Tora, I would have much rather Venny versus Momo. Oh, and that just shows you I mean, yeah, I mean that just shows you how much I love Momo Watanabe. So that's a match, hopefully we get somewhere down the line somewhere, whether she comes in, Benny comes into stardom for a little bit, or maybe on a Hana Kamara special show. But I mean, I mean, she just took a Michinoku driver for no apparent reason on the, on the ramp where so like, okay, no problem. But yeah, I love this match. And this just goes, and I've only seen a handful of any matches. You know, the one I always go to is her match with Sherry from the Hana Kimura, uh Memorial show. Um, not this past year, but I believe it was the year before. But, um, yeah, this was great. Tora is just ever getting better in the ring, looking more like a monster, more like a badass. I thought for how crazy this match was, I thought a double DQ or double countout was the right finish, especially when you have different company politics involved. You know, I'm sure Rossi does not want the leader of his only 100% heel faction, Tora, who's coming off this great run in the five stars, coming off this near loss for the World of Stardom Championship, eating a loss to a non-Stardom wrestler. So probably the right call to go with in the way that they did it. I had no problem with it. Again, four and a quarter stars. 
absolutely loved love this match and as great as this match was it was not my favorite of the show rob goodwin no the main event slapped the main event was great i mean you've got some really really high caliber names in here not only azumi but saki akai is fantastic from what i've seen of her we know how good takumi aroha is you know she's marvelous his aces had fantastic matches with mai wiwitani with utami with uh Suri, with tam um i don't know a great deal about kayo kobayashi i must admit but rina yamashita Everything I've seen with her makes me think she's even more of a badass. And then Sumire just brings that cowardly heel nonsense, and I love it. I really do. And I thought all six women here, again, made an incredible, incredibly fun match. Um, Not just because of the way they wrestled, but also the way that they gelled as a collective as well in this. Apparently eight-minute match, Matt. Yeah, again, I phew, I mean, I watched this, and I was really enjoying it. It went by quick, but I don't think it went by eight minutes. And I'm usually pretty good with time, Rob, but again, maybe, I mean, who knows, maybe one too many kicks to the head. Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not really, maybe I got hit with a human Cadillac, and maybe that's what happened, and I, uh, I time warped. It's but the, the worst name. It's the worst name. We got a lot of cool bits on the show now, but we have the Bipoy, we have your love slash hatred for Hanan's new theme, and, uh, Depending when this airs, depending on uh, the response we get, we might have to have a human Cadillac thrown in from time to time. Like maybe like Natsuko Tor just hit uh, Momo Watanabe with this huge clothesline like it was a Cadillac. I, we can work it in one way or another. Uh, Absolutely. Again, again, halfway through this match, uh, which apparently halfway through this match was four minutes, I text you and I said, Azumi is back to Azumi form. I think that they just took her off the shows just for some rest. She didn't take any anything off here. I love watching Takumi Roja. Again, I watched this match, and then I think it was the next day I watched that match with uh, Tam Nakano from the 2021 uh, Five Star Grand Prix for the uh, the Patreon. So I was like, oh, my God, Takumi Roja is so good. So good. I'd love to see her have her another run in stardom, you know, whether it's they bring her in for a random five-star or just a random few tours her in there. She is so good. And uh, Natsu Sumire, who that was – it's her show – well, she got her ass kicked in this match. She puts herself in the main event against all these wrestlers, and everybody got to kick her at least five or six times. It was like, holy jeez. Rina Yamasha, who I've seen a handful of times doing independence here in the United States, uh, she is absolutely fantastic. I know she's mostly a deathmatch wrestler. She's another one I would love to see, maybe have her come over and like have a special challenge match with like a Nutami or even a New Japan Strong Championship match with Julia. I think that would be fantastic. She was really good. Um, yeah, all six wrestlers were really good, but I really had my eyes on Azumi just to be like, I, you know, I hope she's okay. I hope she doesn't, you know, if it's her ankle or her foot, or I hope it's just a precautionary. And it really looked like it because I thought she was absolutely fantastic here. But uh, I thought Takumi Roja was the main event of this match. Again, this was fun. It was great. The crowd was into everything. Um, they did a nice little fun spot with the referee. Again, it was more of a lighthearted show. Um, I absolutely love this match. This is like, you know, peak six-person tag wrestling. It was a lot of like, it reminded me a lot of the Dragon Gate stuff with just the fast spots going back and forth and everybody getting their time to shine mixed in with some really good psychology and some hard-hitting wrestling. I absolutely love this match. I didn't know what to expect when I first started watching the show considering the fact how the first two matches were and considering the fact that I was blown away by Venny and Tor and completely blown away by this one. Uh, really enjoyed how this show ended. And uh, I actually gave this one, Rob, a very high rating. Four and a half stars, my friend. I gave it four and a quarter. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And I must admit, I, I don't know what I was expecting, 
with this show. Um, I, I don't know whether I was expecting full comedy or whether I was expecting um, like a proper wrestling card, but I thoroughly enjoyed what we did get. And, you know, like even as I mentioned before, I'm not huge on, you know, the, the Y shirt time match, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it was, it was funny. Like there are some parts of it that do make you chuckle out loud. Sayurida having a bump off with zones is so, because she's so small, like she's so jacked, but she's so small. And, uh, she looked like she was having the absolute time of her life. The fact that they wrestled that match with no shoes on as well. No shoes, no elbow pads, no knee pads. Um, though I did notice some strapping on Sayurida and Mina Shirakawa. So for God's sake, wrap them in bubble wrap. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to put on cards anymore. Um, but yeah, a thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable show. And again, it's four matches long. Um, and it's on Stardom World. So if you haven't gone and seen it, seriously, go check it out. It's it's a decent watch. And if you press for time, just watch the two sh- uh, two matches that close out the show because that Tora versus Venny match really, really, really blew my expectations out of the water. And that six woman tag is just oodles, oodles, Matt, of fun. Um, so with that being said, let's move on to the second night of the Goddesses of Stardom Tag League. This show from the 19th of October, Corican Hall, um, in front of 687 people. Now, I feel like I talk about the attendance a lot on this show, um, and I feel like it's a negative quite a lot. Um, so I'll get it out of the way now, um, rather than, you know, sort of dragging on about it. Um, there's Again, like we said last week, there's plenty of reasons why this show could have been as low as it was. I'm sure Stardom will be disappointed in that number because Corrick and Hall, they have been pretty much selling it out um, on a regular basis. And considering it's not their primary location for tile matches, to then drop by nearly half is, you know, a bit of a shock. Now, the last time, according to Velkage on Twitter, who has done his research, and I trust him implicitly, so if he's got this wrong, blame him. Um, apparently, the last time Stardom was under 700 in Karakuan Hall was over a year ago. Uh, it was the Starlight Kid versus Natsupoi main event, the time limit high speed um, title match back on the February 1st, 2022. So. Again, there are reasons why this show could have been drawing quite quite low. I mean, no disrespect to anyone on the card. No disrespect at all. You've still got Julia. You've still got Suri. You've still got Mayu. You've still got Hazuki. You've still got... I can't remember if I've already said Suri. However, no Utami, no Sayakamitani, no Azumi, no Tam... No Natsupoi, no Starlight Kid, no Lady. C- oh no, Lady C was on this card. Sorry, that's six really big names that you don't have on this card. And on top of that, it's Tag League, which naturally draws lower anyway. And you could argue, as we argued last week, maybe it's oversaturation too many shows um could be the fact that there's no singles matches no championship matches on this card there are plenty of reasons as to why that number is so low do i think it is 
a cue for stardom to start panicking? No, I don't at all. You know, as I've just said, stardom have been selling out Corican Hall most of the year with good numbers, 1,400, 1,300 and above. I think, I think as we draw towards the end of the year, everyone is sort of waiting to get to that end of year show and the reset that Dream Queendom 2023 will bring. Um, whether that improves Corrigan numbers, I don't know. But again, Tag League is never, it's never a big draw. It's never really been a big draw. Um, aside from the uh, the first year when, uh, sorry, the first year, except aside from last year where they uh, drew like 2,000, I believe, to the opening night. But that was because they had the IWGP Women's Tournament as well. Um, what about you, Matt? What do you think about this number? I mean, I don't think anyone can say that Stardom won't be disappointed in this number. And, and rightly so, because in the current climate with Stardom, this is a disappointing attendance. Yeah, again, let's get the negative out of the way because this show was fantastic. Um, 687 people in Cork and Hall. Uh, again, considering the fact that they've been drawing well over 1,000 people you, pretty much this entire year and even in last, during last year's five-star. If you remember, last year's five-star came right after the G1 Climax, which it usually does. And if you take the G1 Climax average numbers in Cork and Hall versus uh, the five-star numbers average number in Cork and Hall, starting out through New Japan for their tournaments in 2022, um, you look back just about a month and change ago, Rob, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Izumi um, 10-year anniversary show with her and Mayu uh, and then Ami, Sori, and Julia, that drew about 800 people, which is kind of a low number for stardom because they're usually in the 13, 1400 numbers. And then you go look at that um, Cork and Hall show that uh, had Mayu and Tam as one of the big matches. I think that has um, like 1500 people there. They said not only was it the highest uh, drawn Cork and sh- uh, show uh, in any wrestling, not only just stardom, uh, but uh, any wrestling promotion that, uh, I mean, it was overfilled, 1,500 people. Usually, depending on the seating, you're about 1,300, 1,400, but they knew the demand with Tam and Mayu. And that whole entire show was really good. I think it was Azumi and Utami was the main event, but I think Tam and Mayu was the big draw. And again, I, and again, that was just a couple months ago. So I think all those have to play a factor. I think the injuries are the major factor. Is it time for starting to hit the panic button? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's, you know, it's only a matter of time before we start getting, you know, we just got to zoom me back. It's only a matter of time before we already have Saikamatani talking. You know, she's going to be coming back soon. Utami as well. You know, not to boy, Starlight Kid. It's only a matter of time before we have that. And then we start building towards, you know, Dream Queendom, which is going to be a huge, huge show. Obviously, there is a wonder of stardom and a high-speed championship uh, match that gets set up for the uh, Gold Rush show, which is looking like that's going to be another fantastic show and a potential show of the year contender. So, yes, is the number disappointing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Is it time to hit the panic button for stardom? Absolutely not. This show was fantastic. Even with how depleted the roster is, you still have some fantastic matches. You know, Tora Momo is great. You had Soriano on here and her and Mina just tearing it up, and we'll get into that. This still was a really, really good show. But maybe I think what maybe stardom might want to do is almost make a too good, you know, up up for like make something up for the fine folks that go to Cork and Hall and maybe give a wonder or world of stardom championship match on a Cork and Hall show. I can't remember the last time we had a white or red belt championship match on a Cork and Hall show because they're mostly kind of stayed back or held back for the pay-per-views. And I understand that. I understand that. At the same time, it's like, okay, you know, these numbers, last two Corkin shows 
we're under a thousand where we usually blow that number out of the water. Maybe we'll give them a Mariah versus Natsupoy match or Mariah versus Micah match or a Tam versus Natsupoy match. Natsupoy beat Tam on the final night of the five-star Grand Prix. What if it's, you know, uh, the first week of December, they run Cork and Hall before Dream Queendom. And Natsupoy says, hey, look, I beat you in the final night of the five-star Grand Prix that blocked you from going to the finals. And not only that, the last time we had a singles match here in Cork and Hall, I beat you. So let's run it back for the World of Stardom Championship. You just do Tam versus Natsupoy for the Red Belt at a Cork and Hall show, you know, sometime in early December. There's no way that's not going to draw 12 or 1300. So I, I think that you'll see this number, you know, go up by 40, 50% the next time they run Cork and Hall, my friend. Yeah, I, I think, and again, I could be wrong. I think the last time there was a Red Belt title defense. Corican might have been the tenth anniversary show, Utami versus Micah. I think. I, I can't think. I don't think Utami defended the red belt again at Corican. I don't think Suri defended it at Corican ever. Julia didn't have it long enough. She defended it against Suzu and Mayukihi, and neither of those were at Corican. And obviously, Tam hasn't defended it at Corican. So yeah, January twenty twenty one, I think, is the last time. The red belt was defended in Corrigan. Um, the white belt. Um, did Saya defend the belt at Corrigan? I'm trying to run through it, and I, I just not too long ago, I went back and rewatched all those matches. I don't think so. I'm going to run through them in my head. She beat Tamp, no. Unagi, no. Nasapoi, no. Mariah, Starlight Kid, no. Micah, no. Himika, no. Kyrie, no. The two Mina matches, no. Um, Yumasaki, no, no, I don't think so, buddy. I don't, obviously she had great matches in the five star for Cork, and especially that match with uh, Mina that eventually gave her the the you know Mina the championship match. I'm almost positive she didn't. And then before Saya, we had Tam, and I don't think Tam, I don't think Tam defended in Cork, and I think the last time we had would have been uh, Julia with Baby beating Tam in the finals back no, in 2020. No, she defended it against Tora. And on that oh, anniversary that's right. show. Um, that's right. And Starlight Kid. So that Starlight Kid match actually in February of 2021 might have been the last time it was defended at Corrigan. Two and a half years. Um, but then you look at... So I'm intrigued now because obviously there is no SWA belt anymore. I don't know what on earth is happening with that. It's been vacant for more or less a year. I think it's two weeks off being a year it's been vacant, so I'm pretty sure they're just writing that championship off now. The Goddess of Stardom Championships. So, they... 7-Up versus Ruwaka and who was it? Was it Tora? That was the main event of a Corican. I'm just seeing if Amisori and Mirai defend. No, they didn't defend it, so... Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was that. What about the artist belts? I think the artist belts have been defended there recently. There was that really good one with um, uh, Utami, Sai, and Izumi versus Suzu, uh, the prominent team, Suzu, Haragi, and Risa Sarah, where like Utami took a rare loss clean in the middle of the ring for Suzu, which has basically almost ignited Saya and Utami, you know, teasing the breakup. That match was fantastic. 2nd of April this year. So we haven't had a big title match and you know i know we've had a high speed championship match that here and there i know we've had a future of stardom championship here and there i'm talking your big titles red belt white belt artist and um 
goddess of stardom. We haven't had a title match on a Corican like that since the 2nd of April. Maybe that's something to do with it. Maybe they're just seen as unimportant cards to go and see now. And, you know, yeah. you know that the match quality is going to be great. It's stardom. You know it's going to be great. But maybe people want to see matches with stakes. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe people want to go and see, you know, Barry Barry Bombers defend the artist of stardom belts against a Mayu, Hazuki, and Kagame. Like, that straight away is a tasty main event. Like, you put that on a card and people are going to want to come and see it. Um, you know, whether you put a, even if it's a throwaway white belt defense or a throwaway red belt defense, obviously I know you can't do that at the moment with Tam being injured, which again, we've already said, is another reason this number is so low. But you don't want to completely relegate Corican to just another venue. You know, you're, um, no disrespect for, disrespectful, like a Yamagata big wing or um, Osaka Arena 2 or something like that. You you still want it to be, a spe- especially is because you run the majority of your events out of Tokyo. That should be your strong hold. That should be where your numbers are always strong. And obviously the last two haven't been. And again, you know, there have been certain changes and obviously the injuries are making cards less, for lack of a better word, sexy. But yeah, I wonder if that's something to do with it then, Matt. Maybe, you know, maybe there does need to be more stakes in these matches. You know, maybe there does like, need... Go on. Like Kobe Kobe beefsteak? Is that what you mean? Like if you go oh. to the show, you, you get a steak on your way out? That's a... I, th- I wasn't going to go that way, but here's the... Prom- the 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 advertiser, the thinker, the seller, and and me. Here's where you do. Say you do Micah versus Mariah because Micah beat Mariah in the five star. We're gonna do it at Corken Hall the first week of December, and the winner goes to defend the belt against Mina uh, at the end of the the end of the year show, and it's gonna be on Corken Hall. So you cannot get this on pay per view, but you have the fantastic people that love that run the We Are Stardom Twitter page. They say, here's the deal, folks. We are going to put this show up within eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, whatever, when it airs. And the only way to see it is then on Stardom World. And if you don't have Stardom World, that's okay. We got you. For less than $7 a month, you can see this show. Not only this show, you're like, well, I really want to see, or even do Not Support Tam, you know, if Not Support if Tam wasn't injured. You want to see Tam and Not Support. They're, you know, Meltier, the Smash album, the two people that have that Smash album that's out. You want to see this match? It's not on pay-per-view. We are going to put it up 12, 14, 15 hours after it airs on Stardom World. It's going to cost you less than $7. Not only that, but then you get Stardom World the entire month of December, and you can see Mercedes versus Mayu. You can see EO versus Kyrie. You can go back through all the back catalog and see all these matches. Yeah, it, it literally aired the first week of December. But guess what? Majority of the folks are going to be off for the holidays. What better? You already you already spent the seven dollars to see Tamvers not support or Micah versus Mirai, you know. And again, that's going to pump up your number ticket sale in Corican. But then you're going to sell Stardom World. And then if you have people that are going to go through the back catalog of Stardom World, I don't think anybody's going to be disappointed on what's on there for less than seven dollars a month. That's how I would sell it, my friend. That's how I would do it. And maybe I would give stakes out, Rob. You that's that you might have thrown that out there without even knowing what you did, buddy. I mean. It- you put another Kobe beef match on 
and <laughs> y- you know the old adage you build it they will come absolutely <laughs> people will turn up for Kobe beef anyway those are just you know just some random rambling thoughts either way it's not a good number but the show itself was really really good and something that we can say about tag like i know we're only three days into it now but it has been really easy to watch the matches have all been short succinct and really really good to watch so we'll read through these results and then we'll sort of go into a little bit more detail um, about each of them shortly so we opened with a tag team match the oeda tag team of momo watanabe and natsukatora um oedo xl as they are in the tag league uh, defeating the Queen's Quest team, the Queen's Quest A team, as it stands at the moment, of Miyu Amazaki and Lady C, Momo pinning Miyu with the B driver in 8 minutes and 17 seconds. We then had a four-way match um, with Sayori Ano defeating Amisori, Mina Shirakawa and Ruaka, uh, with Sayori pinning Ruaka in 7 minutes and 5 seconds with the pottering. Um, we then move on to our Goddess of Stardom Tag League matches. God's Eye the team of Saki, Kashima and Suri picked up their first win of the tournament, moving to two points. Defeated Massive Mini, Hanako and Saeeda, who remain on zero, with Suri submitting Hanako with the Suzaku in 7 minutes and 32 seconds. Um, uh, Stars, the eye contact team of Hanan and Mayu Iwatani moved to two points, get their first win. Defeat the Divine Kingdom team of Micah and Megan Bain. Uh, they remain on two points. This happened in eight minutes and 21. It happened via countout with Hannon getting back in and Mayu literally just dragging Micah and Megan Bain down to the ground. Um, we then had May Sakurai and Mirai move to two points in their first match, defeating Fukuoka Double Crazy, uh, who remain on two points. For me, one of the big shocks of the tournament so far, May Sakurai pinning Kogama with my pan roll in 10 minutes and one second. And then in your main event, the red block saw Crazy Star, Meisera and Suzu Suzuki move to three points, defeating the Mafia Bella team of Julia and Tekla uh, in 13 minutes and 55 seconds. Meisera getting the pinfall over Tekla with a modified powerbomb. Um, a couple of things just to talk about before we go into detail about each match. First things first, what do you think was the reason that Hazuki and Kogama missed their entrance, Matt? Yeah, it was pretty funny. I was like, <laughs> just, it, it just kept going. Yeah, it just kept going on. And then you see Kagoma and Hazuki, they come out laughing. So there must have been something backstage. And uh, we might have to we might have to ask a question to our uh, the people that we know that work at Stardom is what was going on? I mean, one thing if it was like, oh, maybe they, you know, they were their shoelace came unlaced or they forgot. I can't tell you how many times that me and Andy Hedder would get ready to go on. She's like, he's like, I forgot to put my kickpads on. That happens all the time. Something happened there, but they when they were after their entrance played for nine and a half minutes, uh, whatever it was, they come out and they giggle. <laughs> it did yeah. restart. It restarted. They're giggling and then they're laughing. So I was like, I was wondering what the heck happened that made a Mr. Q. And that might be a question we have to ask maybe the brass at stardom, because that is a funny, funny little tidbit, my friend. <laughs> It was even funnier because obviously the music hits and you just you're waiting, you're like, okay, it's gonna they're gonna come out as the music hits, like properly drops. Nope, okay, they're waiting for the next breakdown in the song. 
nope, they're, st- they're still not here. Okay. And then some of the crowd came in. So you're like, oh, okay, maybe they were waiting for the crowd. Don't know why the crowd had gone, because this was the semi-main, but, you know, maybe they'd just been to the loo. Still hadn't come out. And then you see Momo Kogo run backstage, <laughs> and Momo Kogo's clearly gone and gone, why are you not outside yet? And then you see them come see out giggling to themselves. <laughs> seriously watch it's momo kogo and someone else runs backstage to go and get them so i don't know if they just hadn't heard the music i don't know if they just got their timings wrong but i can guarantee it's something to do with mayu iwatani i guarantee it's my useful they were late we'll, we'll see we'll see what comes of it well you know brother momo kogo hazuki uh koguma what faction are they in stars who's the leader of stars Mayu Iwatani. There it is, buddy. We just connected the dots. All right, move on to the next subject. We figured out it's Mayu's fault. Um, next thing. We talked a lot last episode about how cool Divine Kingdom are and how great they look. And Micah ramped it up um, on this show as well. Re- the real presence, the way she carried herself. And yes, Divine Kingdom looked awesome but can we take a moment to just appreciate how badass mafia bella looked they came to the ring the fur coats the red gear the glasses the belts oh my god they looked like killers admittedly they then lost but they looked incredible Matt. yeah i mean we said this at the beginning of last year's uh tagly like wow they just look like so cool together like julia who always has this elaborate look, this really cool gear, the hair done a certain way. But she does Mafia Bell. It's like one solid color, but it works for her. It just goes to show that Julia can just do the all black like she did last year with Mafia Bella, or the all red like she did, uh, I guess, apparently she's going to do this year with Mafia Bella. Or then she can do the crazy entrance and the crazy gear that she did at All-Star Grand Queendom against Tam. Or, or It just goes to show you they literally can be like, okay, Julia, here's what you're going to do. You go. Or she can design her own gear. Like, no matter what they do with Julia, it just works. And we mentioned last week, like, you know, with everybody, with all these injuries, we're seeing a lot of the wrestlers get a little bit more time and step up. And Tekla, we always knew Tekla was great. She got sidelined with that injury and missed last year's five-star. Boy, she's really been coming to her own the past month or two, which we mentioned last week. But she was phenomenal. And we'll get to it later. She was phenomenal mm-hmm. in this match. And her and Julie just have really, really, really good chemistry together, which made for an absolute show stealer of a main event. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Mafia Bella looked like just two complete badasses, uh, you know, as always. This goes to show you the star power of one Julia. Absolutely. And I think it is important to note that in this match, you had the winner of the five star 2023 Suzu Suzuki. Julia, who is one of the biggest international stars that stardom have, Tekla, and it's May Sarah that comes out with the victory, and possibly who we should be talking the most about, because her exchanges with Tekla were phenomenal. And like you said, we'll talk about that in a moment. But before we talk about the Tag League matches, Matt, is there anything you want to talk about, about these two undercard matches? I just want to say, I mean, obviously, Momo and Tor are in, uh, you know, they're in the Tag League together, you know, due to the uh, injury of Star like kid, they look great. But I gotta tell you, my friend Miu and Lady C, I'm really enjoying this team. Uh, obviously, they're part of Queen's Quest, but I'm really enjoying them together. And I would like to see somewhere down the line, maybe on a new on a new blood show, Miu and Lady C maybe challenge uh, Wingori 
for the new Blood tag titles and give them like 15, 16 minutes and have them go at it. Cause that I really just enjoying how much uh, again, lady sees, she always improves in the ring. Me, you again, she kind of had that start stop to the beginning of her career last year with the injuries and she's really coming into her own. So I would just, even on some of the, just, just these shows, you know, the, the quote unquote road to shows, as we call it, put them in tags more often. Cause I think that they're absolutely great together. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And then of course the, uh, the four-way with Sayori, Mina, Ami, Sora, and Ruwaka. Not to take anything away from Ami or Ruwaka, because Ami just, and we said, we mentioned it's coming off the five-star. She just looks like a star. She's carrying herself with more confidence, more presence. Her gear looks badass. She's a badass in the ring. But, but I mean, they're teasing something here with Sayori and Mina. And what I think that they're teasing, Rob, and I mentioned this when we a couple weeks ago when we did our five star, uh, when we reviewed the five, the final of the five star, where I didn't understand why Mina ate the L to Sayori on the final night. But I think what's going to happen is Mina's going to capture the the uh, the Wonder Belt back at the end of the year, and that one of her first title defenses, one of her first big title defenses, maybe on the anniversary show, is going to be against Sayori because they really seem like. They're doing something here. They had a great match on the final night of the five-star. Their exchanges here were fantastic. And then after Sayori got the win, you know, her and Mina were kind of pushing each other. And they do – Sarma's a really good job, especially at Cork and Hall. If they're going to build to something in the future, they'll do it at Cork and Hall. Um, so those are kind of just the two points I want to point out on these first two matches, my friend. Um, let's move on then to the God's Eye versus Hanako and Sayida match. First thing to note, again – Saki Hash was brilliant. I love it. She's she's so good. Um, she full on refuses to uh, to fire Hanako, and then the moment Sayuri says no, 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 I'll start. Saki Kashima's is right in there just because she can tower over her. I love this whole redemption of Saki storyline she's doing with God's Eye. Like whenever she's on top and tries to tag out, Suri jumps off the apron and goes, "No, you've got this. You go, you go." And you see Saki go, ah, "Okay, okay," and then continues the attack. And honestly, they're not going to win the tournament like at all. What? But they are. <laughs> I know. Spoilers. I've said that yeah, now. Yeah, they're going to win the tournament it. now, um, folks. Put your money on Shiri and Saki. <laughs> <laughs> but they are one of those entertaining teams on the undercard. They're like May Sakurai. May Sakurai, who is now almost compulsory viewing. She's not going to win a white belt. She's not going to win a red belt. But she is compulsory viewing because she's made this character her own. And that's what Saki's done. Saki and Suri have such a partnership around this character of Saki that I think works really, really well. Um, Hanako and Sayurida have got good chemistry. Obviously, they're a team that was sort of pummy thrown together a little bit last minute. But even so, I think they're de- they're doing very well with the hand that they've been dealt. Sayurida continues to impress. Um, looks really good with gold around her waist. I'm glad that that's finally happened. Um, overall, a good little match. Nothing you need to go out of your way to go and see, but the chemistry between Saki and Suri is incredibly entertaining. Man. Yeah, that and, um, uh, you know, I'll give my star rating right from the start. Yeah, it was solid. I actually had it three and a half stars. I totally agree with the chemistry with Shiri and Saki uh, working really well together. But to me, the uh, highlight of this match, and we didn't get enough of it, was Shiri and Saida going chop for kick, chop for kick. And I was like, that's a match I would love to see get like maybe 9, 10, 11 minutes somewhere down the line the way that they hit each other and how hard they hit each other and the acoustics in cork and hall it's one of the reasons why i love watching shows in cork and hall because the crowd's always into it and the acoustics they were so loud rob 
It was almost as if you got hit with a human Cadillac. Anyway, my friend. <laughs> but I think some I do love I do love the fact that they are probably putting over Sayuri the slaps. Like it doesn't matter how high you are up on the stardom totem pole. If Sayurida hits you with a chop, you feel it. And I love that. It made Saki cry on that decade of Queen's show. I forgot to mention it. It proper tickled me, that did. The fact that she's laying in all these chops dressed in this huge white shirt and they just see Saki in the foreground in tears. It really made, like, obviously fake tears. I would hope they're fake tears. Um, but it really did tickle me. But yes, I uh, I also enjoyed the uh, Suri and Saki exchanges. Um, I gave it three stars, by the way, just uh, just for uh, just for clarity. So, Eye Contact versus Divine Kingdom. Did not expect Eye Contact to come away with the victory, but I do like the fact that the only reason that they got the victory was because of Sneaky Mayu, Matt. Yeah, hey, by any means necessary. You know, she's been there since literally down since day one. Uh, so she used her strategy to defeat the. Uh, the basically Road Warriors Legion of Doom team of Divine Kingdom. Um, but I thought this was great. I liked how Mayu and Han knew early on that if they were going to uh, get the win here, they were going to have to divide and conquer on Divine Kingdom. A little play on words. And, uh, you know, Mayu just using her experience that uh, they would have to use a lot, of, a lot of double teaming, a lot of tag teamwork. And I said this when the uh, when these blocks were announced these teams were announced like as much as like why use the leader of stars i don't think there's many people that are going to be the better going to debate that she's the best person in stars as there's many people that are going to debate that hazuki is number two but even if you put mayu and hazuki together i think mayu's best partner in stars is hanan and this was clear here the way that they're so seamlessly with their tag team moves the way they're going they go back and forth anytime hanan the younger hanan gets in trouble mayu would come in with the save and then ultimately, it was just turns into just uh, Megan Bain and Mike just body slamming each other onto poor Hanan. It was like, here you go. You know, you want to be sexy dynamite princess number two? Rumored. Uh, we're just going to slam each other on top of each <laughs> other. But uh, yeah, you made mention about it before. I know when we um, filmed our alternate commentary the other day with uh, Micah versus Suzu Suzuki, that Micah always seems to be leveling up, especially since like Kimika retired. It's like, okay, now my tag partner has retired. There's something I need to do to level up. She had the attitude change, something with the hair color. She got a great push and made to the finals of the five-star. She's doing this thing with Megan Bain. And now she has this gear that's very almost like, and it's like a Micah style, but almost in a Megan Bain style where it's like, okay, now I, you know, she would always be someone that dabbled in the main event. Now it's somebody that really has that extra it cool factor. And with that gear that she had on, not that her gear was bad before, but it's a completely another level here and just makes the Divine Kingdom thing work even more. It was just something extra that was added on. Uh, great match. I like how if Mike and Mega Bane are going to be losing these matches, I don't think there's going to be many that they'll be losing by pinfall. So you want to keep them strong. You want to protect them using Mayu as sneaky Mayu for Hanan to really get the win. Um, was really, really smart. Not only that, Rob, uh, Hanan, who took majority of the beating from Divine Kingdom, is really the one that gets her hand raised because she was a legal person. And we get to hear Hanan's theme play at the end of this great match. I mean, how much more can you can you want? Uh, excellent stuff. Three and three-fourth stars for me, good sir. Yep, three and a half from me. Um, I, again, similar to the Saki and Hanako situation, I did enjoy Mayu attempting that star spot where Hanan gets the advantage over Micah. 
and Mayu charges Megan Bain on the apron, goes to knock her off, and Megan Bain just no-sells it. And you see, like, Mayu just sort of cower backwards, tries it again later on, still doesn't work. And it's just it's those little subtle things that build up the chemistry of a match. And, yeah, ultimately it takes Mayu just being a little bit clever and literally lying on top of Micah and Megan Bain and stopping them gaining to the ring for Hannon to get the the uh, the victory via count out. Eye contacts are extremely entertaining to watch. And I think you're absolutely right. Their chemistry as a team is amazing. It's a shame that they broke up wing well not broke up, but they separated Wing Gory for this um for this tag league. But you know we've said it before that I think that Hannon is the natural successor to Mayu. And I think the more they tag together, the more you see that they are so similar. And for Tag League, it well, it works. You've got two very similar wrestlers wrestling as a team. It works really well. I still think Divine Kingdom will top the block. I still think Divine Kingdom make it through to the final. Um, I'd be very surprised if they don't. Um, but overall, another really, really good match. Um I am just going to say before we get into these final two matches, I'm not going to go through the block standings simply because it's only night two and there's still teams that haven't wrestled at all yet. So O2 Line haven't had any matches. Um, Cosmic Angels haven't had any matches. There's no point me sort of doing anything with that until we are a little bit deeper into the tournament because everyone is either on two or zero points unless you're crazy star who are on three um may sakurai and mirai against stars what do you think about this partnership between may sakurai and mirai it's another one of those odd couples that just happen to seem to be working because you have you know mirai the hard-hitting mirai wonder of stardom champion had to crawl and fight you know to get to that championship and ever since she has had that belt, you know, beat Tam Nakano, show stealer, um, had a fantastic match with Momo Watanabe, is really putting on some of the best matches on some solid shows. And then you have Mei Sakurai, who, again, who is ever improving the Mei Sakurai character, the ladyship character, whether it's the promos after the matches, whether she wins or loses, whether it's the uh, the jacket, now the Mei Sakurai Okada dollars, or I should say, Okada has the May Sakurai dollars now, Rob. I think that's what it is. We saw Okada on Dynamite last night. Uh, <laughs> it, and again, another wild scenario, Orange Cassidy, somebody we I used to wrestle in warehouses with, and then he's on, he's you know, wrestling in front of like a million people with Okada, Claudio, and Danielson. Anywho, another story for another day. And of course, Rob, she completes the ensemble with that crazy hat. And I think how this match finished, Rob, with the May pay, with uh, with her rolling up Kagama, with the uh, my, my pan roll, I think Kagan was about to kick out, but she was when she was looking, she was looking and she's blinded by May Sakurai's hat, which is probably at the timekeeper's table. <laughs> and that's where I, I, you know, I'm a huge FWC fan. That's where I stand corrected. But uh, that, that's where that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's why Kagan could not kick out if she was blinded by the sight of May Sakurai's uh, hat, which we could not see because it was off camera. But to answer your question, it's an odd couple that seems to be working. And that just goes to show you the range and the talent of both Mirai and May Sakurai. And I'd love to say that the odd couple partnership of May Sakurai and Mirai was sort of the dominating part of this match, but it wasn't. I thought May Sakurai and Kagama had some great chemistry, but it was that exchange between Mirai and Hazuki that just made you yearn for a white belt match between them. And I know 
it is not going to come. Even though we've now got short-haired Hazuki, the pokey evolution of Hazuki, I just don't see it happening for a while, but good God did I want it after this because there was some beautifully destructive striking here. Yeah, I agree. I think that match, Rob, I think it'll come after Hazuki gets her wipeout run. I think they looked at that and they're like, again, who? what I think is going to happen and what I want to happen is Mina gets the belt at the end of the year, has a handful of title defenses, and then when they do the, the pay-per-view in Fukuoka, and usually you do it May or June, that's where Hazuki gets the strap. But yeah, there are, we're absolutely throwing bombs at each other. It's like, and you know, and you're watching it, and literally you have the first clothesline, the forearm exchange, and the big boot from Hazuki, and you're like, I'm like, of course, Matt. What did you expect? It's Mirai who's throwing maybe the best lariats uh, in Japan since Stan Hansen. Oh, and it's Hazuki. And you know what Hazuki throws? She throws Hazuki. So it's like, of course, <laughs> Kagama was great. May Sakurai was great. The, the, the chemistry is great. FWC as a team is one of the best tag teams in all of wrestling. Yeah, the, uh, the heart of the match was definitely Mirai and Hazuki. And uh, I know they had a match at, the, at uh, last year's five-star Grand Prix, which was great. But uh, considering the fact that Hazuki's better now than she was a year ago, same thing for Mirai. You up the stakes by either putting it in a big, you know, championship eliminator match or for the white belt or red belt somewhere in the next year or so. Uh, I can't see that being nothing but, uh, you know, a match of the candidate. But uh, yeah, excellent stuff from all two from two teams, uh, from all four wrestlers. But brother, I totally agree. I am super excited for Mirai Hazuki singles match somewhere soon. And then we move on to the main event, Crazy Start versus Mafia Bella. And of course, you see Julia and Suzu Suzuki in the same ring and you are just waiting for the violence and the brutality. But actually, everyone that I have seen talk about this match is actually talking about the exchanges between Maysera and Tekla. And with really, really good reason, these two were fantastic together. Maysera seems to be hitting another level, whereas Tekla really seems to be coming into her own for the first, for me, for the first time since the injury. She's really sort of progressing into the wrestler that we know she can be. Yeah, buddy, I totally agree with you. I mean, don't get around, the Suzu Julia stuff was great, and it was expected. We had high expectations. Well, then when Tekla Maysera got in there, you're just like, okay, there's a reason why Maysera is high-speed champion, and I think she's going to take that belt. She's going to be around like the Natsupoi Starlight Kid Azumi level with that championship, and uh, clearly it's like, okay, we can definitely give a title shot somewhere, maybe at Dream Queendom. Maybe te- they go Tekla and Maysera, give them 9-10 minutes of this style of match, you know it's going to be an absolutely fantastic match. Julian Tekla, not only do they look great together, they work great together, and Suzu Suzuki and Maysera are quickly becoming one of my favorite tag teams, not just in stardom, but all of wrestling. I did like, I have to put this over, Rob. The match started with a phenomenal lockup. I will always put that over. Great lockup <laughs> between Julia and Suzu Suzuki. Um, I like how the double teamwork of Mafia Bella basically took Maysera out, and then Suzu Suzuki comes in with that big double spear. Um, and then we get some great back-and-forth action. And I liked how Suzu is getting the striking advantage on in the middle of the match of Julia. And then Julia just baits her in, to uh, basically get into the knee bar, into the SDF. I always put over Julie's grappling. It's a very underrated uh, aspect of her uh, offense that I don't think she gets enough credit for, enough love for. She's such a great grappler, and I love how she baits her opponents in that like to use strikes 
so she can throw that knee bar and to get into the STF that'll transition, you know, into the Stealth Viper, the Bianca. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, I like how uh, Julie goes for the Glorious Driver, but then Suzu is able to uh, avoid and hits a Poison Rana. Um, and the, basically, you have that big bump that kind of takes the two of them out. And then Mace, Aaron, Tekla, they go back in there and they pick up where they left off in the beginning of the match. And then you get some high-speed action. Um, I like how May Sarah, obviously, you know, when she first came back from stardom, she was using the rolling stars of finish and that running low drop kick. I was like, okay, there's something else that she's missing. She's really good, uh, but there's something else she missed. She needs kind of almost like a big move. And here it is, the main event of a Corican show. You have the last two winners of the five-star Grand Prix. You have former World of Stardom champion in Suzu Suzuki. But the match ends with her pinning Tekla with basically like a hammer lock Northern Lights bomb. And it's like her own version. I've never seen, we've seen lots of people do power bombs, have their own versions of it, work it a certain way, build it up a certain way. But she builds it up towards the end of the match and then it can hit it. And then she gets some help from Suzu and then is basically able to hit it. She basically goes into a hammer lock and then uses the hammer lock to transition into this beautiful Liger bomb. And if this is a move she's going to start using as a finish, especially now the fact she's a champion, I'm all for it. I thought May Sarah was the MVP of this match. I thought all four ladies were terrific. This is, you know, one of my favorite tag matches in Stardom this year. Great way to end a great show. And again, we talked about the attendance being less than 700. By the end of this show, especially with this main event, I can guarantee you there wasn't one person that went home uh, disappointed, especially the way this match was. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed this. This was a great match. Um, I think somewhere down the line, we will do this one for an alternate commentary because you know I love tag team wrestling, partner. Uh, I had this at four and a quarter stars. Loved it. Yeah, I had it at four stars. Certainly one of, if not the best match of the tag league so far. Probably just missing out to eye contact and uh, Fukuoka double crazy on the opening night. But um, a very good match. Nonetheless, it's been a solid start to the tag league. Been three notebook matches already. Um, obviously, this one, Mafia Bella, Crazy Star, Crazy Star and Prominence from night one, and Eye Contact and Fukuoka Double Crazy from night one as well. So, uh, if you're pressed for time, those are the matches. And for me as well, Divine Kingdom and Eye Contact, I'd go out of my way to go and see as well. We did have two title challenges, though, Matt, on this show. Uh, first off, Mirai said that she wanted a white belt match at Gold Rush. This was just after May Sakurai announced that there would be another Moneyball tournament at Gold Rush with four teams of three wrestlers. Um, of course, last year's tournament ended infamously after about three minutes when uh, the ball fell down and broke on the canvas. So hopefully they will have sorted that out this year. Mirai said she'd love to win the 10 million yen, but unfortunately she wants a white belt match. Um, so she wants a challenge and Sayori Anu comes out and says, I'll challenge you. I beat you in the five star. So that looks like it is going to be made official for gold rush, which means that your top two matches are going to be Tam versus Suzu and Mirai versus Sayori Anu which jesus that's that they are a two strong strong um main event and semi main and then on top of it um Maysera made a challenge at the end of the show sort of said i want uh, my first defense um on november 
11th, which is the Edian Arena, um, the Gold Rush show. It's her debut, uh, sorry, the anniversary of her debut. Um, and it's going to be against Momoko Hanazono, who you may remember had a challenge against Azumi at last year's Gold Rush, almost a year to the day since her last challenge. So that will also be a gold rush. So the gold rush card at the moment looks like this. Um, Tam and Suzu, Mirai and um, Sioriano, Meiseira versus Momoko Hanazono, assuming that Hanazono um, agrees, which I don't <laughs> think Meiseira calls her out if it's not going to happen. I'm good. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then the Moneyball Tournament as well. I think this Gold Rush card, Matt, might be alright. What do you think? Yeah, it looks absolutely stacked, but real quick, Rob, there was actually three challenges for championship matches on this show. Uh, Hanako challenged Rina for a New Blood yes. show as well. Yes, she did. So that'll be a fun match, but the, yeah, obviously the the those two matches are going to be the, the, the two big ones. This Gold Rush show looks absolutely fantastic and uh, I think we you'll, I, I have a feeling that you'll see one or two of the wrestlers that were injured during the five-star appear at this show as we start to build towards the end of the year show. I would not be shocked if you see, you know, with, with Tam, I'm assuming having accessible title defense where you see maybe Sayakamatani and or Utami come out and basically say, hey, look, we could have had a shot to win the five-star Grand Prix had we not get injured. And I would not mind seeing, uh, again, you know, if there's going to be a Cork and Hull show somewhere in the beginning of December, you do a Saya versus Utami match and the, you know, number one contenders match and the winner wrestles tam at the end of the year show so yeah things are definitely heating up that card looks really really good you know tam versus suzu fingers crossed tam is okay and could go and then uh sayori ano versus mirai which they did tease at i believe uh, one of the last corkin shows for the five-star grand prix with sayori getting the win over mirai at that corkin show and then basically kind of was touched the uh wonder stardom championship basically teasing saying she wanted a title shot, and here's where it is, my friend. They planted the seeds, and now we watch this tree grow, and we're going to watch this awesome match coming up in about a month's time. So, yeah, I'm super excited for the uh, pay-per-view coming up about a week before Thanksgiving. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just quickly close out this show then with a couple of previews. Obviously, this weekend is Stardom Halloween Dark Night. I don't think it's going to be a conventional Stardom pay-per-view. I certainly don't think we're going to be getting anything match quality wise that we are used to however there is a five way on that mat on that show which could be very very entertaining the full card's been announced i'll just read through it now coffee and explosion match mayu iwatani versus crow a versus crow b versus crow c obviously the crows that attacked mayu at the last corrigan uh mirai versus halloween mask whoever that is. Um, we've then got a four-way between Sioriano, Mei Sakurai, Natsukatora, and Hazuki. It's a Halloween weapons allowed because absolutely what you need is to give Hazuki a scythe. Um, Falls count anywhere match. Tekla versus Mei Seira versus Suzu Suzuki versus Kogama versus Momo Watanabe. That could be a closet banger. So keep your eyes out for that match. That could be really tasty. Um, we then got the zombie lumberjack match. Initially, this was a one on two 
with Mina Shirakawa taking on Dump Matsumoto and Zap. Wakasuki Armour's been added to that match as Mina's tag partner. So the zombie lumberjack match, um, you've got the Mina Shirakawa and Wakasuki Armour team versus Dump Matsumoto and Zap. I believe the rules are that if you get thrown out, the zombies attack you. <laughs> Basically, I believe that's the... I mean, I... <laughs> Jesus Christ. I love yeah. it. I love it. <laughs> it's it's so campy. It's so, so campy. Um, uh, yeah, I I thought there was rules on the Stardom website. Maybe there isn't. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's that match. There's also the Zombie Rumble, which at the moment has Karma, Ram Kai Chow, second generation sexy Dynamite Princess. You've also got Stardom Big, Stardom Tall, and Stardom Giant Machines that are also announced for that, as is Fukik and Death. Uh, so she's winning. Um, and then, just tagged on the end for absolutely no reason, we have got Goddess of Stardom Tag Match. Because that fits in. Uh, Suri and Saki Kashima versus the prominence team of Risa Seira and Kurumi Hiragi, which is, again, going to be a great match, but why tag it onto this? You've got literal coffin explosion matches, Halloween zombie lumberjack matches. J- sure, sure. Anyway, that is this weekend at Kaki- Takikawa Stage Garden, the 29th of October. And we'll, of course, be talking about it next week um also we have got a show on the 28th the saturday uh in numazo uh in numazu sorry um it's tag league night four and the card is as follows obviously this has had to be altered because of lady c's injury so we've got a three-way amisori versus tekla versus miyu amasaki singles match with azumi taking on natsukatora um, a tag team match, Maiwe Watani and Hannon taking on Marai and Hanako. Six woman tag, Meisera, Suzu, Suzuki and Megan Bain against Hazuki, Kogama and Saya Ida. That's going to be quite an interesting match. Um, we've then got another tag with Micah and Mei Sakurai taking on Momo Watanabe and Natsukatora. And then in your only goddess of stardom tag match on this card you have got Suri and saki kashima taking on the moonlight venus team of wakazukiyama and mina shirakawa um there are other dates announced for the tag league shows on the third and the fourth of november but the cards have not been announced yet as i mentioned before probably because of all the injuries and they're going to see how tam is they're going to see how lady c is to see how those cards play out um matt before we sign off i suppose we should probably do an eo watch absolutely good sir thank you for the throwback my friend yes the eo watch now if uh if this is your first time on the stardom cast welcome we have a lot of new listeners as of late we do even though eo shouldn't right is not a part of stardom we feel because she is a legend of stardom and the fact that she is prominently featured on WWE SmackDown, that we will do an EO watch. Now, last week, because I was away at New York Comic Con, I could not do the EO watch, so I said I would do the 13th and the 20th back-to-back, and the 13th will take me all of about eight seconds, as EO came out with Bailey for a match with Zelina Vega. EO helped Bailey beat Zelina Vega, and then Charlotte Flair came out to beat up EO and Bailey, which sets up for the championship match that happened this past Friday on WWE SmackDown, as EO Shirai taking on... 
Charlotte Flair. Now, not only, Rob Goodman, was it the main event of this show, but they had a phenomenal video package uh, highlighting both EO and Charlotte, even to uh, Michael Cole when he uh, made the announcement when EO first won the championship back at SummerSlam, where he did say, from the world of stardom to star of the world. So we got a little, a little, little more stardom love on WWE SmackDown. Uh, this was a fantastic match. I like how Charlotte, right out the gate, goes to pick EO's leg to set up for the figure eight, basically saying, like, look, you may, have been a, you, you may be the champion now, but I'm pretty much the person that's been running this division for, like, seven or eight years. Um, Bailey distracts Charlotte. That gives EO the advantage. EO hits what I still think is the greatest suicide dive in all of wrestling. She follows that up with the picture-perfect springboard dropkick. Um, two of them go back and forth. EO does a great job targeting, targeting Charlotte's legs, and Charlotte does a good job keeping EO at bay with chops. And then Charlotte just starts going to the her power advantage, uses a whole bunch of fallaway slams and even one from the top rope. Um, there's this really cool spot where EO uh, gets the advantage back on Charlotte. Charlotte goes to the outside. She tries for the her Karana running off the apron. Charlotte catches her and then does basic, has her in powerbomb position. But instead of dropping her on a uh, powerbomb on the floor, she drops her face first onto the apron. Uh, they go back and forth. EO again gets the advantage back using the speed, using the La Mystica into the cross face that we've been seeing her use quite a bit on TV the last handful of months. EO goes back again to the springboard dropkick, but Charlotte and this time catches her and puts her in a high angle Boston crab, which I thought was really, really cool. EO then quickly rolls her up for a two count. She got, I mean, the crowd really, really bit uh, coming off the Boston crab, how she was able to transition her body uh, into the roll up. I thought that was really good. Um, Charlotte flair, uh, uh, excuse me, Charlotte Flair. Um, EO tries for the moonsault. Charlotte gets her feet up. And uh, when EO comes down with that moonsault, Charlotte really caught her pretty good and then follows up with that big spear that only gets her two count because Bailey uh, interferes, putting EO's foot on the rope. Uh, Charlotte Flair goes after Bailey. However, Charlotte Flair, uh, when Charlotte goes after Bailey, it becomes a huge smudge. The referee, of course, is not paying attention to EO, trying to break up the fight on the floor with Charlotte and Bailey. That allows EO to pick up the WWE Women's Championship. Charlotte then goes back to the spear, the move that almost had her the match one minutes prior, and she gets clocked with the championship belt, allowing, allowing EO to get the three count. Excellent match. Not as good as the match she had with Asuka the month before, and I'm going to get into that in a moment. I had it at four stars. It went a shade over 14 minutes. Again, the main event on a SmackDown show on network TV. That's a pretty big deal. Um, I understand the whole cheating to have EO beat Charlotte Flair. I get it. This isn't stardom. We're having clean finishes in these big championship matches. But I kind of wish that after EO hit Charlotte with a championship belt, that Charlotte would have kicked out, and then EO would have went to the top rope and hit the moonsault. That's the big move. That's her big move. She went for it once, and she missed. I was kind of just hoping that they might have been able to drag that out a little bit longer and have Charlotte have a little bit more fight, and then have EO hit those two moves back-to-back. Again, all, all, all in all, great match. Uh, again, four stars. I'm going to close it at this, Rob Goodwin. I was handed some numbers. You know I like numbers. Now, back last month, September 27th, 2023, EO versus Asuka drew 2.37 million viewers. So EO's match with Asuka, that, that segment, that match, had 2.3 million viewers. This match with Charlotte, 2.2 million viewers. So EO in these championship matches on SmackDown is drawing over two and a quarter million viewers. 
now, which is absolutely outstanding. You know where I stand with Io Shirai. Again, if this is your first time on the podcast, Io Shirai is my all-time favorite women's wrestler. Still in her prime. Her run started, if you have not seen it, go back, watch the matches with Mayu, Mako Satomaro, if you can find it, uh, Kairi, Momo, so on and so forth. I hope Io Shirai and a huge, huge, huge high standard when it comes to not only just women professional wrestling or Joshi pro wrestling, pro wrestling in general. So the fact that EO is drawing these numbers really blows my mind. But here's the one thing, Rob, that I was really, after I looked at the numbers, I had to look at it twice. Charlotte Flair is the biggest star in women's wrestling history. What I mean by that, I'm not saying she's the best. She's the biggest star. She's wrestled for the biggest company, the longest. She's their most pushed wrestler. She's won that championship, I don't know, 14, 15 times, whatever it is, have you. And there's a reason why they push and they have so much investors. She, her presence, her in-ring work, she's fantastic. Again, she's the most pushed wrestler and probably the biggest women's wrestling star in the history of wrestling. Her match with Charlotte was 2.26. Her match with Oscar was 2.37. She had a higher drawing with Oscar than she did Charlotte. And the show with Charlotte had John Cena and Roman on it. And I don't think the show with Oscar had Roman on it. So the fact that you had the two biggest stars in WWE over the last 15 years or so on the same show, but EO's drawing a bigger number with Oscar than she is Charlotte. And I found that again, both numbers are phenomenal, you know, over two and a quarter million viewers. But the fact she had a higher drawing with Asuka, and I thought the match was better with Asuka. I was like, that is a very interesting stat. So, uh, yeah, I just over the moon that EO's drawing over 2 million people for her matches. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think, I think unfortunately, Charlotte, we, we'll sign off in a second. I think Charlotte has unfortunately been saddled with the whole uh, over pushed um, sort of mantra that john cena was also saddled with the roman reigns also you know it took him turning heel and forming the bloodline to get rid of so maybe that has something to do with it maybe the whole charlotte wins lol has affected the uh the ratings and that maybe it just doesn't draw as much anymore because of that because we've seen charlotte in all of the title matches we've seen a win we've seen her do it on all manner of stages maybe it's something to do with that i don't know Anyway, let's sign off. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. I put a call out to all of you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And boy, howdy, did you listen? We have gone from 200 subscribers to 917 in the space of a week. That is absolute insanity. Thank you to everyone that has done it. Now, I have another task for you. No, if if you could watch something on our YouTube channel, it would really help us out. The more we watch, the more we're able to get money-wise. We're just being greedy, but it would be great if you could watch something on our YouTube channel. But to everyone that subscribed, thank you so, so much. Massively, massively appreciate it. Um, thank you to our Patreon members, uh, patreon.com forward slash the Stardomcast. Your support and your contributions mean everything. Thank you so much. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, you can check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can follow us on social media at the Stardomcast. You can talk to me on Twitter at, at Real Rob Goodwin. Uh, Matt Turner 
Sign us off, good sir. Absolutely, you guys. You can find me anywhere in the world yelling, bye, boy. Gotta get the high spot in, brother. <laughs> uh, questions, comments, suggestions, anything you want to talk about. Matt Turner, OF, on the Instagram, on the TikTok, and on the X or the Twitter or whatever it's called. If social media is not your thing and you want to chat with me, the stardomcast22 at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me via email. Once again, folks, we cannot say thank you enough for this phenomenal support. I mean, we have seen numbers are constantly growing. Me and Rob talk about the numbers off air, either you know via text message or whatever, every week, every month, uh, every quarter. It just seems like it's growing and growing and growing. And the past seven, eight days, it's like, holy geez, this is incredible. And this is all because of you spreading the fantastic word of not only the Stardom cast, but this fantastic company that we all love called Stardom. And we cannot say thank you enough. And let's keep pushing forward. We just hit 50,000 uh, downloads. Let's go for 100,000. We're about... About to hit a uh, thousand subscribes to YouTube. Let's hit you know two thousand. Why not? With your support, you know we're gonna get there. Like I always say, folks, we can't do this without you because it's just not my podcast. It's our podcast because we're all together. Everybody's different. Everybody's special. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.